What is up, everybody? You are listening to Suds Buds, the show where good buds talk good suds with the wonderful workers of the beer industry. As always, I'm here in studio with co-host of the show, my tag team partner, my second, Mr. Dustin Stelton. What is friggin' happening? Oh, man. I'm chilling, but I feel like tonight's kind of a big release for us, Dude, right? Dude, it... It's kind of it's kind of a weird feeling right now. In all honesty, it's like this is. Do I see a little twinkle in your eye? I didn't want to get emotional, but you're bringing it to me. No, dude, this is like. What are we doing tonight? I guess that's probably worth mentioning. What is tonight? Well, tonight we're gonna try an abundance of beers and uh, hopefully limit the alcohol consumption. But who knows? Knowing us, that yeah, yeah. Um, but today's it- our season finale, dude. We this is the. Uh, we did a full season of episodes. We made a plan, I don't know how many months ago now, however it was, and had it come to fruition pretty quickly, and now we're seeing it through to the end of season one, dude. I Yeah, you got it exactly right. I, yeah. It's almost, it feels weird to to hear it. It feels weird to say it. Like, we made our we made our own little 12-pack uh, little this summer and fall, our own little 12-pack 12, 12 oh. variety pack. Of uh, it, what a variety pack it was too, man. We have talked to a lot of people from multiple different backgrounds, from multiple breweries. A lot of great uh, conversations were were cracked open and enjoyed. Um, a lot of beers were tried. A lot of beers were tried. Yeah, it was. Uh, and that's something we'll get to actually a little bit later in the show because I documented all that. We had a little Sudsbud spreadsheet for all the beer ratings. So we do. Where we've got kind of the. Uh, the full collection of all the data. Maybe and that would be something fun to do to release on Instagram as well. Mm. To do a season wide like ratings top to bottom, what we thought. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely not there's nothing sexy looking about the spreadsheet right oh, now. We it's can, based, we can doctor it. Yeah, we could doctor it up, make some little graphics, get uh get some Mr. Belgian Buds graphics. Mr. Belgian could probably hook that up. Oh, that'd be funny. But uh yeah, man, uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to today. It is going to be a very fun episode, but uh, like we do sometimes, we enjoyed a little pre-show beverage, and uh, tonight's beverage was one of the better pre-show beverages I've ever had. It was a slam dunk, man, right? Yeah, that had to be a top two. Yeah, so the the beer that we drank before we started recording was uh, from Untitled Art. Um, it was a pineapple upside down uh, sherbet. Uh, Berliner style ale brewed with milk, sugar, yeah. pineapple puree, and vanilla. And we've actually tried another one of their beers as a pre-show beer, correct? Yes, I think it was the double fudge banana. Yes, beer. yeah, the imperial stout, banana imperial stout, something like that. Yep. And but, uh, uh, it was solid beer. We gave it. I mean, it was okay, but I, f- I feel like that was one of those beers that was like a one and done type thing. Little bit different opinions on this beer. Yeah, this beer is crazy. Oh, and before we get too much further into this, too, um, just want to throw a shout out and thank you to Justin Carter, listener of the show, who gifted us this beer. So thank yeah, you, man. Justin. Thank you, sir. Um, and yeah, he actually gave us a few uh, Untitled Art beers to mm-hmm. uh, to sample, but he specifically said, I think you're really going to like this one, like do this on the show. But we also tried a uh, a cotton candy IPA from him, which that, was wild. It was super wild. Not artificially flavored at all. Yeah, I, I couldn't see anything on there that said it was like brewed with cotton candy. I think it was just a weird variety of hops that yeah. gave it that 
flavor profile. That was super wild to try. It, I mean, if you're in the area and you can find Untitled Art beer, go pick up or even go to their tap room. I'm not sure where it is, but go to their tap room, get a flight, do what you can to try their beers because they are super interesting. Wild stuff. Well, I know you were super into this uh, pineapple upside down. Do you want the last little uh, little swig of this? Oh, don't mind if I do, sir. My friend, thank you. Yeah, this beer is just... Uh... I feel like any Berliner I'm just going to be a sucker for. For sure. It is kind of right up your alley. Um, this is very thick for Berliner. I mean, yeah. this is like a smoothie beer. It, uh, I think the the first thing we both noted was uh, I was like, this beer could use some coconut. And you're like, yeah, I think this beer could use some some hard alcohol. And yeah, I'm a little like, bit of vodka. Bing, pina colada beer. Uh, it, I mean, it's fantastic the way it is right now. I love the... Like the, I don't want to say subtle sourness because it definitely is there, but it's not, I would say it's like a four out of 10. It's very heavy pineapple. And then you get that like silkiness, but also haven't never really been a big fan of anything with lactose in it. And this has milk sugar. Yeah, Yeah. but it has that feel. So it does. It has that, that really silky mouthfeel, but I don't mind it here at all. Yeah, I bet that's a beer that would be really good on nitro. Oh, wow. That would be interesting, yeah. A low-carb version of this? Interesting. I'm curious to see what your uh, your take is on it as far as uh, on the five-star scale. Where is the, where's this one sitting with you? Oh, man. That's a powerful beer. That's a beer that I would, I mean, much like just like anything, I think, from them, really, there, uh, that Imperial Stout that we had was a little much. I don't know if that would be something I would give to somebody right away, but I think four point seven, and I, it does give the, uh, it gets the I would give this to somebody recommendation as well for sure. Much with along with the uh, the cotton candy IPA that we tried, and what was that other stout that we tried yesterday as well? Um, I think that was some sort of fudge one. Yeah, it was. I remember it tasted kind of like a, a no, chocolate, chocolate frosty. Milk. Yeah, it was like chocolate milk. Yeah. No, no, it was an ice cream sundae beer. That's what it was. I think it was a sundae beer. Okay. That but one yeah, was good too. That was also from Untitled Art. Really tasty. Um, I know that uh, we're going to have a few more beers tonight, and you got pineapple in your glass, so feel free to give yourself a little rinse if you need. But, Thank you, uh, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah, these guys do not disappoint. Um, everything I've tried from them has been – It it tastes like – what it, it says what it says yeah and i mean there's i think there's power in that <laughs> like if it's yeah. if you're buying a beer that says it's gonna taste like banana like there's nothing subtle like about it like yeah i think were you i think it was you there when uh two people were talking about our porter and our stout and they were trying to pick out like the subtle differences and the one guy he's like i just can't do it but then the lady right next to him was like no it has notes of this and this and this compared to this yeah and you really don't need a palate at all to taste anything in that beer. It is just so upfront right there. Like you know exactly what's going on. I really like it for what it is. Um, it is, I don't know if we noted the ABV on this cause it's not a super small beer. I mean, this sure is eight, six, somewhere in the range, seven, not quite that high, but still up there. Um, yeah, I'm not going to drink a lot of them, but it's, it's it would, not a crusher. No, but it'd be something that, you know, if I was doing a build your own six pack, I'd maybe throw one or two of those in there. If I happen to go 
to their tap room like yeah. it would absolutely be something i would love to try on tap oh, yeah. um i mean i would just get something like that just to blow somebody's mind away be like did you know beer can taste like this you know beer yeah. can taste like legit cotton candy yeah it's wild yeah it's like you said it's a mind blower um it's like morty's so. mind blowers <laughs> <laughs> yeah all those things into consideration i think i'm gonna give it a a 4.3 it's good score yeah it's a wild beer it does not disappoint but uh gotta bet on tap it's so tasty oh yeah on nitro i'm still picturing that i still think that would be real good let's make that happen yeah untitled uh art brewing if you're listening if Just you a small uh batch. Yeah. Still. if you put the pineapple uh upside down sherbet on nitro dusty and i'll be there and drink all of it <laughs> well, well I don't know how many pints you get out of a six I probably should, but yeah, we drink all of it. Yeah. So it's a winner. I, th- I think it's a uh, would buy again from sure. both of us, but uh, yeah, I guess that concludes our review of our pre-show beer. I, I think it does as well. That was a winner. Up next for our main show tonight, I wanted to do I something to. a little different for our, uh, our finale. Um, I think one thing we kind of, when we were forming our Suds Buds mission statement, if you want to call it that, um, we didn't want to brand ourselves as a a local podcast or a craft beer podcast. I think we wanted to keep the doors open to being able to go outside the box. Agreed. And I think we did that to a certain extent by, you know, drinking some uh, uh, big domestic beers you know doing mm-hmm. the brown bag showcase um also the belgian episode we drank milwaukee yeah best milwaukee's best exactly so i think um we stayed true to that but i wanted to even go a little bit further with this episode and i thought it'd be fitting for our finale to kind of show the love and support to the people that have given it to us by doing a episode about beers from around the world right on <laughs> i'm digging that yeah we do we do have some germany listeners it, it's there true was a yeah few. so shout out to them i saw dublin too yeah if you're uh listening to this in dublin what's up fellas um but uh the first beer that we're going to be kicking off our uh our travel around the globe with is duchess de borgone Ooh. Have you ever had it before? Have you ever heard? No. Have you ever heard of people talking about the Duchess? I'm not even sure if I could re-pronounce what you just said. So it's a Flemish red ale. Okay. Um. And yeah, it's it's brewed in Belgium. Well, all aboard. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, Let's wow. crack open the conversation. I notice you're uh, you're already liking the color on that. Yeah, what a color that is. And what a smell that is. Holy cow. So I have had this beer a few times, but it's been a while. Probably like, uh, I don't think I've had this in, I don't know, probably three years or so. But when I was working at the liquor store, this was something that had me sample very early into my craft beer game. Dude, we should get a sound panel where we just do like a three second sound bite from that song. And it's just, it's been a while. Just to plug in whenever it's yeah, appropriate. Yeah, whenever we just ding. Have it on standby. I like it. Oh man. This is funky. This is a little this is very interesting. Yeah, there's um there's a lot going on with it. Um 
I feel like I'm tasting like apple and pear. Is this open fermented? Um, it is a blend of beers matured for f- several months in oak casks. I don't mm, know if it's that's what it is. Yeah, it's real tasty. Um, yeah. I don't think I've ever. This is very outside of the norm for what I usually drink, for sure. It's definitely like nothing we've had so far this yeah. season. Where did you say this brewery's from? It's in Belgium. Um, okay. Let's see. Wow, what a treat it would be to go overseas. Yeah. Try and all the beers out east. Yeah, I mean, this is... This is a really hard one to do a review on because I think as we found from the Belgian episode, it's uh, we owe it to ourselves and our listeners to do a lot more research on, I mean, not just that style of beer, but anyone. I know that's yeah. kind of a big uh, personal goal for um, this next season is really um, busting through reading, uh, tasting beer. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I definitely want to get better at this. Um, we should just become Cicerons. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a bad goal. I, I laugh at you, but when I say that, or when you say that, but it's yeah. I mean, it would be very cool. Yeah, I heard it's so hard though. Oh, I heard yeah. it's one of the hardest things in like the beer world to do. Yeah, and you know, I when we started this podcast, I wasn't trying to, uh, you know, proclaim ourselves as master palates. No, we're by no means beer snobs. We just Mm-mm. we like to try different beer and. And support people that that brew wild and yeah. delicious beverages. I think so. in doing so, I'm becoming more and more snobby, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to like what you like, right? That's fair, yeah. we uh, When Nate and I went out this weekend and tried some different beers from different uh, breweries, I found myself right away, like, I would get, I got two different Marzins. One was just like a regular Marzin, one was a smoked Marzin. And I was like, I hate both of these. We powered through it, but I was like, is this me becoming snobby? I don't know. Because like, I was looking around, and other people were drinking them, looking like they were loving them. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not digging these. We did go to one brewery, and I was able to try an open fermented sour that they do. Had no idea that they were doing those in Minnesota. Whew, fantastic. Really great. That's super cool. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Shout out to Wild Minds. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Shout out. I think we've... uh. We've had one or two of their beers on the show, I think. I'd have to look at the full list. There's been so many beers. I want to say we had uh, maybe a weird Saison of theirs on the Nate episode. Mm. One of the Nate episodes. Yeah. I'd have to look back at my notes. but. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, Wild Minds. Big shout out. Um, There's something to be said for being able to brew a really solid sour. Yeah, and do it well, and I was like, especially doing open fermentation in the area that they are, because it's not like there's a bunch of like orchards around there. You right. know, they're in like an industrial part of the the city, and I don't know, they just did a fantastic job. I loved every bit of it. So, right on to them. That's awesome, man. Love hearing that. Um, yeah. Any anything jumping out at you with this beer that we've got in front of us right now, the Duchess de Burgone? I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Probably not. Yeah, if I'm not, blow up the Suds Buds Gmail. 
Yeah, that is that's one of the toughest things I've ever seen to try to pronounce. Um, is there any left in that? I don't. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. I'll top you off here. I was not expecting it to taste like the way it does. Yeah, it's a little spicy, a little sweet. It's so crazy. I didn't even notice the spice until that sip right there as you said it. Yeah, it's kind of got like a, I feel like a little bit of like a, a nutmeggy taste or something. But also it's uh, it's tart, but it goes beyond tart. It's almost got that, like that. Uh, it like finishes into sweet. There's like a tart hit for me and then it finishes sweet. Yeah, I would agree. It doesn't finish like mouth puckering tart, but at the very beginning you almost get that zip of like a, like a apple cider vinegar, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I was uh, I think yeah, I was picking up like pear, apples. That's got to be the oak aged. Oak oh, aged yeah, for sure. Interacting with was that Belgian yeast in there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I figured. Yeah, very very funky. Like you said, that oak age, probably a little woody, little, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, it's a lot. I. It's a complex beer. It's maybe like once you see the full lineup of beers that we're drinking tonight, because I know what we're drinking tonight. Uh, yeah. You do not. Yes. This is, this is all a surprise to me. This maybe, as far as the styles that we're going to try tonight, isn't the best one to start with. Nah, that's right. But I knew it was going to be something weird. So. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and as our palates are ready to go, it's probably best to have this one right now. Dude, I'm digging this beer. This is good. I would. I don't even. Where did you find this at Total Wine? Yeah, this is not. Uh, it's not a like a really rare beer. Um, but you're not gonna find it at your local like big discount. I mean, you might. You might. Um, it, it, it is a it's a it's a pretty well-known beer pretty beloved beer i mean i think right now it's sitting at like uh 95 percent on beer advocate or something like that like wow. it's it's i need it's to a, step up my like beer advocate knowledge and look at like the top 100 and again like you know you don't some people hold a beer advocate rating is like the the be all end all and mm. yeah it does affect certain aspects i mean it might affect some people sway them or you know, one direction to buy that beer. Right. But at the end of the day, I, I can't say it enough. Like, like what you like and and don't be ashamed for it. Like, yeah. Well, I feel like there is something to be said for it because it does provide a good, like, jumping on point. Obviously, there's some beers on there that you're just not going to want to ever try to pick up. Like, uh, what are those Imperial Stouts from um, Toppling Goliath that are like, They'll resell for like $300 a bottle for like a 12-ounce pour. I think I know what you're so talking about, yeah. Maybe don't try to find one of those right out of the gate, especially if you're a newbie. You know, if, you wanna, if, you're, if you're getting into craft beer and you love craft beer and you want to try some of the best of the best, go ahead. Go buy that, but start cheaper. And then I feel like that would just be a good way to do it. Just look at Beer Advocate 1 through 100. Bing, 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 bing. No, that's a great point. I don't think we've ever mentioned that before or at least specifically the way you kind of worded it but like, I just thought of it you don't have to pay a lot to drink really great beer no i can go to my local brewery spend seven dollars and find a good beer yeah if you know what you like and you know what you're looking for go find yourself a good beer well said brother well uh 
think it's about time to get to that rating. Um, if I had to rate the Duchess, um, man, it's going to be right up there with uh, my review of uh, Hansen's uh, Ode Goose. I think oh, I'm going to give yeah. this one. I don't think it's going to get a perfect five, but I think Duchess is going to come in at a solid 4.8 for me. Wow, that's a very solid score. And I'm starting to regret, you know, I don't regret giving the Upside Down Pineapple 1 4.7 because these are just to- two totally different beers. Um, I think this one gets a 4.7 too. This is phenomenal. I don't know how it would become a 5, but that's where my head, that was my gut instinct. This is really good crazy funky well, i'm glad you enjoyed it man that's uh we're starting out strong here for this finale we're like we got some uh some really heavy hitters yeah real heavy hitters honestly i've kind of got the rankings I shouldn't say kind of i do have the rankings in front of me here of our favorite and least favorite beers from this past season mm-hmm. but i think if we were to came prepared today adjust the results and put them out next week after this episode we might have some more uh, chart toppers. We Yeah, for sure. This was excellent. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely, man. Um, so let's get to this next beer real quick. Um, and I think while we're doing this, it's going to be a little bit of Dustin story time. Ooh. Is this you want me to tell a story right now? Well, did you see what the beer is? I didn't. No way! No way! You actually found one. Yeah, so we've got uh, we got a bottle of Saigon Export, bro. That's insane. And I know this beer like means a little something to you, and might even yeah. like you know. I got way too drunk off like forty five <laughs> of those one night. Actually, most nights. That's I didn't even know they had those out here, dude. Did yeah, you see so- Tiger? I did. I did see Tiger. So, oh, dude. I almost, uh, I almost snagged both of them, but I kind of just had to do a quick back and forth. Yeah. And I remember you mentioning Saigon specifically. So, dude, yeah, that was one of my favorite drinks. While I was, oh, that beer's so good. Yeah, it's worth saying. Like, why is this beer significant to you? I mean, you kind of went on a pretty big trip yeah. last year. Sorry, man. I just got so excited seeing that beer again. I didn't even <laughs> think I would. I didn't think I would ever see that. Um, yeah, in. Oh god, this is probably horrible timing. I'm basically just gonna out myself as patient zero right now. Um, basically, when was it? Right before COVID hit America in January, like 28th ish. I left on a trip to Vietnam and spent two weeks out there with a bunch of my, uh, bunch of my high school pals, and we visited one of my other buddies who's who was living out there at the time for. I forget however months, however many months he's been out there, but yeah, we spent two weeks traveling the whole country and one of our go-to beverages, because you could just stop at whatever seven, hey, cheers, bud, stop at whatever 7-Eleven that they have and they would just have a loaded fridge of Saigons and Tigers like that. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, baby. It tastes like home. It tastes like home. You know, it's it's nothing fancy, but Mm-mm. this is pretty damn good. Yeah, it just reminds me of good times. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, man. 
it's just a good crisp light beer. That's all it is. But it's yeah. It's it's always fun to have like. I guess I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it. it it's pretty fun to be uh, completely immersed into somebody else's culture and, yeah. like, try what are their normal their day-to-day staples. beverages, Yeah, you know? And then, then, you know, try them again later on. And it's like, again, it goes with, like, uh, the setting can really enhance the beverage. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've, I've got memories of, like, drinking prestiges in in haiti like mm-hmm. in the the bed of a pickup truck after doing concrete work and it's just like prestige isn't a great beer like yeah. but it's it's a great memory and like it holds to you yeah and at the time that beer tasted like the best thing in the world you know yeah as i'm sure saigon did at, at many oh, nights yeah. for you it, like again objectively speaking i don't think this beer would be out like crushing beer awards you know no but but it doesn't have to right no, dude, we we would be out in Walking Street in Ho Chi Minh City, walking around, like just smashing these. We'd be ha- we'd be having a little table, and we'd just be like forty bottles on there. We'd be having like endless laughs all night till four in the morning, drinking Saigons. It was uh, yeah, this beer has a special place in my heart, and just like I think, the reaction that you got out of me with this beer, is uh akin to like i think if somebody was to give you um oh god what was that the the, shitty beer that we tried last week or two weeks ago hams yeah hams (laughs) like if someone was like hey man i got a surprise for you and they gave you a single hams cam and you're just like yes oh yeah they get it be like thanks friend Yeah. yeah it's like it's like the same feeling but yeah no it's worth mentioning because i mean i'm sure a lot of people listening have made probably not had saigon but i mean this is a it's a sharp looking label it's uh you know white with kind of gold foil and Mm -hmm. and metallic red i mean it definitely stands out kind of reminds me of like uh almost like a throwback miller light can a little bit yeah no yeah it it is it's nothing like crazy over the top artistic it's just it is what it is, man. It's a Saigon. It is. Uh, is that like their cheap like ball game beer out there? Like everyone kind of like. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere in the country. Like their Bud Light or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, it's tasty. Like I said, there's not a ton going on with it, but also there's like nothing offensive. It's it's crisp. It's light. It's. I didn't even check the date on this bottle, but it definitely had to travel overseas, and I mean, yeah. still. A lot of head on this beer, you know more for me a lot it's of bubbles like what it reminds me of you know i don't really care what it tastes like at this point anymore it's just like the memories that i get when i try one again it's like frig yeah that's what i love i love that man i'm glad we could uh we could take you back there tonight oh dude now i'm getting like memories of when we actually went to saigon there was uh you can walk around and there would just be like little mom and pop breweries where they would brew that day yeah and have it out for you that day and i think it was something like a quarter for a beer so you could yeah you could imagine like what we did for three hours oh yeah we spent three dollars and just got (laughs) you know it was great it was great uh that culture is a fantastic one i cannot wait to go back to vietnam at some point in the near future that's cool man when traveling is allowed yeah. Asterix. 
No, I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Um, shout out to the folks over at uh, Saigon for for making a, a tasty, light, no frills beverage yeah. and and bringing back some some fine memories for what's Dustin. The, what's the name on that brewery? I never caught it actually. Um, it is Sabeco. Sabico. I don't know if that's the distribution, but uh, I'm sure that's just like their their Anheuser Busch or something. Yeah, Saigon Export um, Beer. By Sebeco. Pretty tasty. Established in 1875, so they're old no school. No way. Wow. It's also kind of a neat little fact. You want a little oh. top off there, sir? Yes, sir. I'm starting to forget some of my... Um, some of my Vietnam knowledge. So... Do you know cheers or how to say cheers? Oh, we did. Yes. I forgot it. It'll come to me later. I know how to say bathroom. Vincing. (laughs) I'm going to have to use the the vincing after one more of these, I think. For sure. But cheers, man. Cheers on the little refill of of, uh, Saigon. Mm. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So... Ho Chi Minh City, it, he was the guy who I believe liberated Saigon. Or Ho Chi Minh, he was the guy who liberated Saigon from France, I want to say. Okay. So that's why like they renamed Saigon to Ho Chi Minh City. So everybody who lives in Ho Chi Minh City calls it Ho Chi Minh City. But we when we went farther north into like Hanoi, everyone there called it Saigon still. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And like the farther north you got, it like you could just tell like the accents we're changing to and even like there was some areas where people didn't even speak vietnamese because my buddy he was like he picked up on vietnamese yeah there was still like just ethnic tongues in like these villages it was wild that's crazy yeah fun stuff then my buddy crashed a motorcycle oh no was he all right yeah he was fine it was actually like the luckiest situation ever because we were on a mountain and he just sent his motorbike off a mountain i was gonna say i think i do vaguely remember you telling yeah. me about that when you got back like it was yeah. one of the first stories like yeah my dude my buddy ghosted a, a motorcycle yeah. off of a cliff we weren't even off the saigons then either like we were, it was perfectly fine and brakes got like brakes went out damn as we were going down like i don't even know what kind of incline this would be for all the listeners that can't see this Oh, would that be like a 45 45, yeah. Yeah, just going straight down it, right? Picking up speed, cooking. He's like, oh, my brakes are out. Just had to send her. <sighs> Smart guy. Oh, yeah. His body thanks him for it, I'm sure. Yeah, it was nuts. Within minutes, we had like an entire village up there helping us like pull this freaking motorbike up the side of like rocks. Oh, that's get... pretty cool. That's pretty cool that they came out to like help you out. Yeah, it was sweet. We smoked a cigarette with some people and we're like, thank you. Like... That was a horrible situation. You're the best. It's always those nice little conversations that you have over bad situations when everything's fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think empathy, that's something that uh, it doesn't know cultural boundaries. Like, you know. It's pretty easy to tell when somebody's distressed. Yeah, and I think, you know, granted you hear about bad stories and stuff, but... You'll find good people basically wherever you go. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, yeah, there's a lot of evil and stuff in this world these days, but I think it's also like, I, I don't know. I encourage people to travel and like I myself want to do a lot more traveling. Yeah. It's obviously really tough right now, but you learn a lot about people. 
you become a more compassionate person. That's and true. I think it just helps you understand, you know, what we're all made of. Dude, didn't meet a bad person in Vietnam. In all honesty, like, everyone was super cool. Granted, we were, like, motorbiking for four days, so wasn't a lot of human talking there. Yeah. But everyone was super nice and, like, wanting to help. It was a little bit of a language barrier at times, but yeah. once we got over that, like, it was all rad. Well, yeah. I mean, there's no reason it shouldn't be, especially from, like, the way you described, like, your intentions going out there. I know intentions can be misread, but, you know, you were going out there to embrace the culture, support the local economy, travel, yeah. soak in the history, and it's, like... See places, man. It's hard to hate on that, you know? Yeah. Just want to, like, go immerse myself in some place I have zero clue about, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, that we did. That we did. It was a good time. Well, I'm happy for you, man. It sounds like uh, a lot of really cool memories were made. Yeah, dude, I thought I was going to cry at the beginning of the podcast. Like, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's maybe move on to another one. But before we do, is there a, a rating you got to give Saigon? Five. I love it, man. I don't think there's a, a, another beer more fitting of that uh, that review from you. So Cheers to Saigon. Um, I obviously don't have the same connection to this beer as you do, but... It's uh, it's really tasty, really light, really crisp, really crushable. I get the appeal. Um, I'd probably give it a, I'd give it a four. You're probably more objectively closer to reality than I am. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a very crushable, fun, fun beer to have. Good cold snack. Is a lot that... better than Milwaukee's best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't know if I mentioned it at the time, but I did not document our r- scores for the brown bag beers. I don't even think they count. Yeah, they, they don't. They don't. Yeah, so I just want to let you know that. Different things. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was great. Um, we was have tasty. a... Sorry, what was that? I said that was super tasty. I was, <laughs> I'm just being agreeable at this point. <laughs> you looked like you had to sneeze. I'm sorry. That's why I, I jumped in on you. Um, but... Uh, how did you say bathroom again in, in, in Vietnamese? Vincing. Vincing. I think it's about time this guy uh, takes a little vincing break. So uh, we'll be right back with a, another beer review on this tour around the globe. Stay tuned. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Suds Buds. Uh, Dustin and I just wrapped up our review on a very sentimental beer for dustin we drank the saigon yeah not even sure what kind of beer it is i think it's just a regular pills yeah probably pills yeah really easy drinking don't really have anything bad to say about that beer and dustin uh told us a couple cool little stories so almost cried about four times so (laughs) well hopefully we can pick you up a little bit with this next one um sticking with uh asian beers We are drinking a beer from Bangkok, Thailand. Frig yeah. This is Singha, which is a premium lager established in 1933. Interesting. Big white label with a crazy crest on it that says, by royal permission. Again, really clean, cool uh, foil label. I don't know what it is, but a lot of these big uh, beer companies that import beer to the States really cool packaging design and just like timeless too right like asahi dry i'm sure you've seen it at like every sushi joint you 
ever gone to and it's oh, like yeah. it's never really changed and it still just looks cool yeah it's just it's got that like uh like heineken well not like that particular one but it's got like that heineken branding behind it where it's like it's so just clean no frills you see it you know what it is totally and i think there's there's something to be said for having that kind of brand distinction just like, by looking at it on a shelf. I feel like I know what this is going to taste like before even drinking it because I've already had a taste for like Asian styles of beer, but I I'm going to hold my reservations until I actually try it. Yep, nailed it. You taste I, a metallic? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh This is supposed to be a lager? Yes, this is a lager. I I didn't see anything on the the Saigon, but yeah, this one, this, uh, yeah, I guess I never really, I never picked up on that, but there, I guess there always is a little bit of like that metallic-y taste. Yeah, I don't know. And I know like that's something you've, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit here when we talk about our, our least favorite beers of the season, but, uh, that was something I think I picked up on a few of yours throughout the season that you kind of tasted that mm-hmm. metallic in a beer and it was a really off-putting flavor. Um, yeah, I wonder if that is a... I think we talked about this. I can't remember if it was off-air or on-air. We've had so many conversations now at this point. But I wonder if that is a uh, <clears throat> an off flavor. Like, it's not supposed to be there. But with a brewery like this, when it's so mass-produced... I'm assuming that they have nailed down just about every aspect of this beer and found a way to replicate it as best as humanly possible. Much like the Anheuser-Busch's would. It's just they're doing that over in Bangkok. Right. Um, and I, I, trying other Asian styles of beer, it just kind of seems like it's one of those things where it's just in those lighter beers. Yeah. Dude. Not to sidetrack, but to kind of completely sidetrack right now. <laughs> yeah, what do you got? Dude, if you could have found like a gallon of happy water, it's, I really don't know what it is. It's some like super low alcohol, like spirit or something. I'm not entirely sure, but dude, does it give you the craziest dreams like ever? It, all, yeah. This is a Vietnamese beverage? Yeah. Okay. Only found it Vietnamese, and it was one of those things. It was everywhere. Like interesting, every place had it. Every place had happy water, or they had this thing called tuklau, which is you essentially smoke like the craziest tobacco out of a bong, and it just looks goofy. But yeah, it's like those two things were just staples in their culture. They're everywhere. No, no, I'm curious. Is this happy water? This isn't like a like a bootleg juice that you get like off the streets like this is something that's like packaged and sold like you can buy it yeah i think it's rice wine okay but what most people do is they'll make it themselves cool okay So like at any restaurant you go to or even like uh like little pop-up shops because they have like tons and tons of markets over there yeah you like you'll be able to find like rice wine if you find like a little bit more established place interesting yeah they all just brew it themselves and like they'll all like that two cloud thing i was just saying a lot of people will have two cloud too it's it's just one of those cultural things over there i mean i love sake so i feel like i'd it probably would be up my alley it's not as strong as sake though okay yeah i don't i wouldn't say it's kind of like a wine cool wine cooler maybe 
Uh, no, well, you take shots of it. Okay. You take like little three or four ounce shots of it, and uh, I sp- probably two or three ounce, four, five is creeping up into like beverage territory almost. Um, but yeah, you just take little shooters of it, but dude, it would mess your dreams up. It was weird. I remember laying down in some of our hostels and waking up going like, dude, what? Did that happen in real life? Like, I didn't even get drunk last night, but, like, those dreams were weird. Weird. Yeah, I feel like, you know, also the combination of just, like, I feel like anytime you sleep outside of your own bed, yeah, or somewhere that's foreign to you, you just... The surreal experience of being away, especially so far away. Yeah, and it doesn't always go away when you go to sleep, you know? Some of the craziest dreams I've ever had have been, like in weird places in a tent or like, you know, like you said, in like a, a hostel or like a, you know, guest house type situation. Dude, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it because it's funny and I just have to get it off. It's like the monkey on my shoulders right now. Yeah. I got pretty rice, rice wind up right night. Happy watered up one night. Peed myself in bed. I hadn't, I oh, hadn't, wet, man. I hadn't wet the bed in like 13 years. I woke up and it was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did this happen at 25? Oh uh, yeah. it's, oh man. It was pretty unfortunate. Did you have like a washer or dryer nearby or somebody else have to deal with oh, it? Oh dude, that's where the story gets gross. Um, we were on the road Oof. and I had to wear those pants for like a hundred miles until we got to the next place that we could like wash our stuff. It was pretty gnar. That's rough, dude. I feel yeah. for you. Didn't have the best day that day, but you know. Yeah, it it it, it happens. It happens. <laughs> I mean, it's never happened to me, but it's <laughs> I've known people it's happened to, so I'm not I'm not judging you, but uh <sighs> I was I was very timid about bringing that story up, but it it the world needs to know I peed myself. Ah, no, you're good. This this is a safe place. Um <laughs> Suds Bud so Studio, amazing. a safe place where you can pee yourself. Yeah, <laughs> not, don't try to. <laughs> oh, I'm getting hot now. What do you say we uh, get to our least favorite beers from season one? Oh, dude, I can. I already looked at these. And it just gave me bad memories looking at them. Actually, one of them, not so much. So, I want to preface something before we get into this. And this isn't to, like, kiss ass or anything. But, um, I almost thought about omitting this segment from this episode. But then I thought about it some more. And it's like, these being our least favorite beers of the season isn't a reflection on the brewery. It's, if anything it's helping us learn about our own tastes and our own preferences. And that's kind of the way I looked at it. So after looking at our results, I did think it was something worth sharing. Well, also all these beers are better than Milwaukee's best anyway. So they have that going for them. Yeah. Yeah. And even looking at my, you know, least favorite ones from this season, I wouldn't call any of them a bad beer, but uh, without further ado, these are Dustin and my three least favorite beers from this season uh dustin you want to lead off with yours yeah oh man are you gonna try to have me recall tasting notes because i do not recall a tasting it's okay because i did some some homework today so i can maybe help refresh i just remember weird off flavors and just goofiness coming from this one but at number one we had the elm creek brewing granted belgian dubel um 
So here, maybe I'll refresh your memory yeah. a little bit. So this beer goes back to our episode that we had. Um, Fused. With Fused, yep. So it was with uh, Greg, Jamie, Mark, and Linda from Fused Craft Eats. And, um, I don't remember liking a lot of beers that night. Like, I guess overly liking. We both gave Waconia's Oktoberfest a very solid review. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think... <laughs> the, I, man, I wish... We had like a, a little opener from like our favorite sound bites from the season because I was listening back to some pretty funny things from this morning. Uh, or, it's been a while. Yeah, but uh, you made a comment about uh, it was Omni's Lake Day that we drank on that episode. Their session pale. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> you said it tastes like lake water, but like in the best way. <laughs> like if you just swallowed like a gulp of lake water. Oh man, I love I love it. I love your tasting notes. <laughs> But uh, the specific one, this Elm Creek beer, I brought up the the metallic taste because with this particular beer, you tasted um, copper pennies. Mm -hmm. And here's my take as a a non-beer genius, you know, self-admittedly, I don't know that much about beer. I just like to drink different beers. Beer enthusiast. Exactly. But... That beer did have kind of a penny taste to it. I didn't dislike it as much as you, but in that situation where it's a smaller brewery um, and that style where I don't really associate a copper taste to it. And a new one, a new brewery we have to add. It might be an off flavor. Again, I don't know because my review wasn't uh, as low as yours. Like I, If I remember correctly, I said I would buy it again. But uh, yeah, so... That was that was um your lowest reviewed beer this season. Yeah, it I remember just really not liking that beer, really. And it wasn't like one of my upcoming worst rated beers where it's like in the beginning you like the flavor, you just can't finish it all because it's way too much. Yep. Um I just I couldn't I didn't like a single thing about it. And that's not not to, like, dunk on this beer. No, not at all. That's, you know, but much like we just said, it's a new brewery, probably somebody who hasn't honed in uh, a lot of their tactics. And there's room to grow, and I'm still excited to see them grow and try them in the future, try their beers in the future. Yeah, and I I wouldn't even go as far to say they don't have their tactics honed in because I haven't tried a lot of their other beers, you know? That's fair, too. So, I mean... you know, I don't, I don't want to be sample size. stretching it, but yeah, it is a small sample size. Um, but yeah, that particular beer wasn't your cup of tea and that's okay. Um, the next one on your list, um, was, did we want to do, do we want to run down each of ours or what do we want to do? My worst, your worst, and then two, two, three, three. We'll, we'll go for your least favorite real quick here. Right on, right on. Um, yeah. What was, what was number two for you? Hammerheart's Suitors Flame Smoked IPA. I remember that IPA and being very let down because I've had their, um, I was going to say Oktoberfest, but that's just because I've just been drinking a lot of them. I had a lager from them that was a smoked lager that was phenomenal. Love yeah. that. I would have bought the whole supply there if I could have. So I expected to get that same sort of smoky, like it just came off a grill type of kick with an IPA, granted I'm not the biggest IPA fan in the world, um, yeah, I was expecting to get that, and then what I got 
wasn't that. And I think I was more let down than anything that I didn't like it because I love everything else about Hammerheart. Like, their branding is so up my alley, like, super cool. It's pretty rad. That lager that I had tried, it just set me up so high. I was like, oh, yeah. I was singing their praises. Didn't like that one. Yeah. I mean, I feel it. I the thing I mentioned, yeah, that was one we had on last week's episode. Didn't taste any smoked from it at all. Yeah, and I didn't really last week either. And it was the second time I had it. And I definitely remember getting more of the smokiness the first time around. That's right. I forgot about that, that you had tried it before. So I wonder if we had gotten uh, just like an old old can. Yeah, I don't know. It definitely wasn't uh, doing it for me as much the second time around. Yeah. Didn't hate it, but again, I... I agree with you that it was pretty subtle, not as smoky as I was hoping. But I'm um, still on the Hammerheart bandwagon. Oh, me too, 100%. Yeah. I think that's kind of the thing is like a lot of their beers are so like aggressive and in your face, but in a really beautiful way. Yeah. And this one just wasn't. As long as they continue to be metal and just kicking ass, I'm on Hammerheart's team. Keep rocking it, Hammerheart. We love you. Yes, sir. Um, so. Your third and final of your least favorite beers from this first season. My third and final, and there might be a little bit of overlap on this one, but uh, Bauhaus's Wonderstuff Pilsner. I don't remember exact tasting notes from this one as much, but I do remember probably just a lot of, like, it's just very airy and not a lot going on. Like you would, and I guess that's probably what the, what they wanted to get, you know, just out of like a no frills pills. I think I remember you saying that episode. It's just a pilsner. I think that was like our, one of our first episodes, but, uh, there is some beauty in that. There is some beauty in getting just a good crisp, clean pills. And that's not what I tend to go out and want to like want to drink though. I want to get something that's, you know, a little bit more in the intermediate realm of like tasting you know no i i agree 100 percent um well to a certain extent i guess i do like a good pilsner but it depends on what type of mood i'm in i suppose yeah 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 like hot summer day absolutely if you got a pills on tap i am 100 percent game yeah um i guess maybe i'll lead into my three least favorite because mine one of my three was also the Bauhaus wonder stuff mm-hmm. pilsner and i guess listening back and kind of the way i looked at it was um we tried a lot of pilsners and lagers this season we were on a crispy boy kick there for a little while like it, it's fall now and i've definitely changed up what i've been drinking a little bit um a bit on the heavier lager side now yeah, I've been leaning towards the Marzins. Loving the fest beers, but on a Belgian kick too. Oh, um yeah. but uh yeah, this summer I know I've said it a million times, but it was the summer of Pilsners and Lagers. And so As summer should almost should be, you know? Yeah. It just kind of seems like the right route to get to take. And like I would buy Bauhaus Wonder Stuff Pilsner again. Like it it comes in some of their variety packs. I would not be disappointed if it's in there. It's just mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, after having had probably a dozen different Pilsners this season, it just yeah. wasn't my favorite. It, uh, it didn't uh, it didn't blow me away, but uh, that's no 
Hate on them. They make some phenomenal beers. I wonder what we... I can't remember... I would... I really wish we had the ratings right in front of us. Because we tried Fair State's pills, right? Yeah, and I think that was... I thought that one got good ratings. It got good ratings. I think that was my... I'm trying to think back. I think that same episode we drank Black Stack Fugazi and the Modest Supra Deluxe. Yep. And... Because that was with uh, Mr. Herzog. It was. Andy Herzog. Shout out. Uh, if he still listens, we love you, man. Love to have you on again. Appreciate but, you. Uh, we still need to come by and get those roller dogs. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about oh, that. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, that was that was a fun one, the the Crispy Boys episode. And uh, I, th- I remember loving all three of those beers, but again. Oh, yeah. That guy's got a palate. He knew, he, he, it was the day of the Crispy Boys. Yeah. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. But, uh, so yeah, Bauhaus Wonder Stuff Pilsner, no hate, just wasn't my fave. Um, the next one for me was Untitled Arts Chocolate Banana Imperial Stout, mm-hmm. which we touched on a little bit at the the top of the show. Um, another gift beer that we got from Mr. Justin Carter. Thank um, you again, Mr. Justin Carter. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, didn't hate it by any means i think i remember saying would buy it again would gift it but like it just was it was a lot i liked the banana but it was just i remember it having a great nose and then the flavor was just really boozy and really sugary and it just Mm -hmm. um yeah it it, it was a bit much i guess you nailed it on the head and much like Barrel theories. Uh, ah, don't steal it from me. It's coming up next. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it is, but much like that beer as well. I couldn't finish it. It was it. You get the first couple sips, and it's good. It's good to taste it. It's good to try it, but it just becomes so overwhelming at some point that it's just, it's too much. Also, side note. I'm going to feel extremely disrespectful if I don't address this right now. I laughed like a minute ago after you said Justin Carter because it made me think of Aaron Carter. And yep. Dude, I, <laughs> dude, he started an OnlyFans. Oh man. Aaron Carter has an OnlyFans now. Well, don't plug his shit on you. <laughs> he doesn't need well, that. I uh, and who knows, Justin probably doesn't even want to be associated with him. So what are you, what are you doing, Dustin? I don't know. They kind of had the same hair there for a while. Like, 04 Carter had that, you know, the hair. Straight up, though, if the next time I saw Justin, if he walked in the taproom door with a handful of uh, untitled art beers and did, yeah. like, a sick dance, like, up to the bar, dude, it would make my day. Yeah. 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 Aaron. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, what a wild ride that has had <laughs> in his celebrity experience. <sighs> yeah. That guy's been around forever. Like, since we were kids. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah, he's been around a, a while. Didn't he have a banger in, like, 2000, 2001? Like, a really big pop song? Yeah, he had a few, I guess. His, I, think, I think his brother was in Backstreet Boys. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Man, how do we get here? I, dude, it made me laugh, and I needed to address the elephant because I felt disrespectful about just laughing and not explaining it. <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. I love it. Uh, my next, I guess my final of my three least favorite beers from this season was uh, Barrel Theory's 
coconut milk stout, yeah. the black lotus. Um, again, kind of the the same mirroring or echoing the same uh, review I had on the the untitled art. It was just really thick, really dense, really boozy, super sweet, really, really, really sweet, and um, yeah, I think like I even went just like looking looked beyond like our, our lowest three i kind of looked at like our lowest 10 beers mm-hmm. and the thing i i found out was i tended to give a little harsher reviews if you want to call it that on a lot of the imperial stouts and porters oh yeah because i mean and it was also it, really hot when we were drinking them it's true and those are one of those things that they are a seasonal beer for most people for me, that is 100% a seasonal beer. As soon as it gets cold, I want fest beers and I want anything that's dark. But I don't think it's necessarily a seasonal beer because, I mean, there's people listening that there I'm is. sure drink stouts year-round. Tristan and, you know, only drinks dark beers. Yeah, Guinness year-round. Like, I just think for me, I've found out that I'm not a huge fan of Imperials. imperial porters and stouts that have... Um, like a lot of chocolate yeah or vanilla like i remember liking bald man's um imperial brown ale the batch 100 oh that's fantastic the barrel age yeah. batch 100 because it was like it was sweet but it was like it had the sweetness that like a bourbon has it wasn't like uh it didn't taste like it was sugared oh yeah you had the the very clear like barrel aged like funky cherryness going on in there a little earthy yeah but it, it wasn't like overpoweringly boozy either which in some of those stouts those imperials that we tried where it was like oh man like i feel like i'm breathing fire after this a little bit sometimes you know and it teach right. their own a lot of people do like that that's why like a lot of people drink their spirits on the rocks they want that like just kick they don't want anything mixed with it or even just straight they just drink it clean yeah i was gonna say even yeah if you're drinking your 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 uh your cocktail neat or your your liquor neat a lot of people like you said they just want to taste the full flavor of it the full body but that's not me i i'll I'll cut it with one or two ice cubes most of the time it's a some sort of mixed drink yeah yeah i haven't been doing a lot of liquor this past calendar year just you know i think i've had the same bottle of brandy on top of the 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 fridge now for probably the past like month and a half it's but uh, the best yeah and like i i wasn't drinking a lot of liquor before that but like i liked uh like a rye with a little bit of water and stuff like that a little bit uh you know gin with a twist but right oh. just backing off and i feel a little bit better because of it so oh you start to mentally clear up yeah. for sure sleep a little better yeah I'm sure once you got out of the college days from boozing Thursday to Sunday, you know, and once you got out of that habit for like a year, you just realized, oh, I can think again. 100%. Yeah. It's weird because in the moment you're not thinking about it. But once you realize, once you like detox your entire system of all like the hard boozing that you're doing, it's like, whoa. Yeah. You know, like it. No, it's good to take breaks. And I think we also try to do a good job of, uh, you know encouraging people to drink responsibly and acknowledging that it is an adult beverage and 
well, that, that, this kind of goes into why I started gravitating towards craft beer as much as I did in the first place. It's so much more sessionable than going out and drinking cocktails and spirits and, you know, what have you. And to me, my palate is not at a point where I can pick up small details in spirits because I'm just getting overwhelming amounts of, like, booze. Whereas in beer, by nature, the booze is cut and the flavors of the beer are coming out more. Yeah. Which has helped me transition into building a palate with beer. I got to tell you something then, because I know you've been doing fitness has become an increasingly larger part of your life in recent months. But uh, I was hanging out with uh, uh, a listener of the show and a good friend um, this past week, and they are a big enthusiast of NA beers and kind of in that same line of just, you know, uh, well-being um, mm-hmm. and, you know, liking the taste of beer, but maybe not always wanting the buzz that comes with it. Are you hanging out with Amber? Yeah, I, I, I was going to, you figured it out, but yeah, might, uh, the, the, the seed has been planted for maybe a, a conversation about that in one of the, the seasons to fun. come. That would be so. fun to try some N.A. beers. Yeah, and I think just from talking to her, like N.A. beers have, have they've come a long ways, you know, from just being like. Uh, no duels. Oh, exactly, exactly. Like you can get like coconut milk stouts and stuff like yeah. that and coffee porters like if that's your your jam you can you can still get that flavor of a a good micro brew without the buzz so that's definitely a conversation that i think um should be had and i would love to yeah. facilitate it on the show i'm open to it i'm super open to it and it would it would make a sober october which we've already filled that pretty fun <laughs> yeah but i for me personally i've never shied away from the buzz because after i left college I found I was able to mitigate that a lot and be a grown-up with my alcohol consumption. And for me, a little bit of alcohol just it puts me in, like, a good mood, just, like, a good, goofy mood. Like, you're just more relaxed. You know, you could let your shoulders down a little bit and crack some jokes and just things come off the cuff, which I do enjoy about the alcohol. But obviously, if you have other goals in your life, or there's other restrictions in your life, or just whatever have you, N.A. Beer does have a place, and I'm super stoked to hear that N.A. Beer is coming along the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We got really serious there for a minute for the Suds Buds, I feel like. But uh, it's good. You got to do that every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Letting walls down, man. Yeah. But maybe uh, bringing things back around before we close out this little segment here. Um with our least favorite beers, back to just kind of like the the general consensus I came to is super dark, rich, milky, sweet beers, not my thing. It's going to be a little, er, I guess I'm going to be much more selective with those types yeah. of beers. And I think uh, with with you, we found out it was grapefruit. grapefruit. Yeah. That's a, the big one. We didn't have any West Coast IPAs. Among those three that we mentioned for you, but like, if we were gonna go with your top ten at the bottom of your list, and again, we don't be, mean this in a bad way, yeah. But it's like the next seven were more or less like West Coast or yeah, you know, American Pales. Be things where grapefruit is a a very front of the palate taste, and yeah, didn't in all honesty, to this day, I don't think I've ever had a legitimate grapefruit. Really. Swear to God. 
Maybe oh, that's what's ruining yeah, it for maybe me. We'll, we'll have to do that, maybe. Get you to try a grapefruit. And maybe then get you to try a grapefruit sour. Because don't they just kind of look like oranges, but inside they're like purplish or like magenta? Yeah, I mean, they're 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 bigger than an orange. Yeah. And then, yeah, they have... Um, but they've got like the skin like an orange. Yeah, they're kind of a, a reddish pinkish on the inside. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, a grapefruit sour might be something that I'd... I mean, I would definitely be interested to hear your take on that because it's something you love and something that's not totally your jam. Yeah, we would see who comes out the victor in that, I suppose. <laughs> it'd be interesting. But yeah, it'd be a battle of Dustin's taste buds on Suds Buds. That's on brand. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. That'd be sweet. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty stupid. We've been sitting on empty cups for a minute here, man. Um, what did you think of this Singha beer, the uh, original Thai beer from Bangkok, Thailand, premium it's- lager? everything i expected it to be and for that i love it i was gonna say anything about before but you know what no i'm not gonna shy away from it i'm gonna lean into it 4.0 that beer made me happy nice no that's a a solid review i'm just looking at this bottle dude this is just a really clean label it's got like a, a dragon on the front of it it's it's cool and it tasted pretty nice too um i don't it's one of those beers where it's still there's not a lot going on yeah i it was tough for me to narrow it down to five beers from around the globe but i remember buying this one specifically because one of the regulars at bald man neil who travels a lot he oh yeah was telling me about spending a bunch of time in thailand not too long ago and he said singha if, if you see it snag it not too bad drink a lot of it over there so uh had to do it. Plus, I love Thai food, so I was like, "Oh yeah, why not?" Um, but anyways, I'm stalling. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three eight. It's another objectively fair score. I liked it. It was. There's not a lot to dislike. It's just. Did we just get a random downpour outside and then it subsided? Yeah, I don't know if that was a downpour or just a heavy wind, but I heard that something come through. Uh. But yeah, sorry. What uh, sidetrack? Three eight. <laughs> three eight. Three eight for Singha. Uh the original Thai beer. Not too bad. If you see a Singha near you, snag it. I'm sure it would go pretty good with like some green curry. Yeah. Would recommend if you're into Asian styles of beer. It's definitely on brand for that style. Dustin, you wanna open that red cooler and grab the can that looks like a old container of motor oil? What is this? First question, have you ever seen this before? It looked like a... I don't even know how to explain it, but I feel like we've seen beers like that before in America. But no. Does that say say Foster's? Yes, this is Foster's. Um, I've recognized that name. This is... Brewed in Australia? Well, I just realized right now that it is... Brewed in the USA, as it says right on the top oh, now. Oh, what does it uh, say about Australia? Well, that's that's why I grabbed it. Is at one point in time, I think Foster's was brewed in Australia, and it's mm. it's an Australian brand originally. Um, but yeah, Foster's has always been unique because 
of these big cans. Like they were kind of like the crowler starter, the OG crowler. Yeah. Interesting. And there's two fosters that you will basically see at every liquor store near you. Um, whether it's a total wine or your little mom and pop shop in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's going to be fosters blue and fosters green. And the, I really wish I had this up in front of me cause I'm probably going to butcher it. But I think the Foster's Blue is like their light American. Um, I'm already screwing it up. Their light um, Pilsner. Okay. And I think this is like their bitter beer. Really? Yeah. So yeah. weird. Well, tanks. I'm not sure if this is the bitter beer. Well, tell you what. Why don't you, uh, you talk to me about what you're tasting and stall a little bit, and I'm going to try to get us some more research, uh, more info on this. Damn it, Sam. Where's the Jamie Vernon of the show when we need him? You know, what? Sam, what are we paying you for? We don't, oh, man. He can't even I, hear us right now. Dude, he can end us. Don't be taking shots. Dude, he really could. He's the one us. that assembles these things. But he makes us so happy. I don't want that to stop. This is, um, man, you just picked like the world's lightest beers, not like, you know what I mean? Like accumulation of the world's like different countries, light beers. This one's interesting. I'm hoping this isn't their bitter beer, unless this is like a staple for bitter beers or unless this, unless there's been an evolution of bitterness in beers since then because this beer is not bitter so it is their bitter beer their blue is their premium lager this is their premium bitter and i don't know if i think a lot of times when people think of bitter they automatically go to like super hoppy beers like, like IPA your ipas bitter. but i think this goes back to the um old styles yeah, like the 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 style of like English bitters and like mm-hmm. uh, pub ales. Yep. Um, where you know, even though it's got bitter in the name, it won't necessarily be like. No, it's usually like a, a higher carb kind of golden beer with a, a nutty, um, crisp taste to it. Okay, I can get down on that then. Also That's here, what I was assuming that it was. Um, Saigon. We were figuring, trying to figure out what that mm-hmm. was. I'm reading here that uh, it's a Euro Pale Lager. Okay. So, yeah, both uh, the Saigon and the Singha. Sorry, I had to double Wait, I'm check. I'm sorry, to make you said sure. it's a what, ty- what style lager? My ADD just kicked in. Uh, a Euro Pale Lager. A Euro- so, they emulated a European Pale? More or less, I think so. Interesting. Yeah. But I wonder what the thought process was behind when that market started to develop if they just hadn't had thoughts of their own yet in that area and they just thought, you know, why not? We don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's working over here. Let's just translate it into our culture. Or if that had something to do with, like, France being there at that time and they introduced that style of beer. So that's what brewers in the area started to learn. I'm getting super meta with the history of it, but it, it it's interesting to me. Yeah, I'm honestly not sure. Um, 
but yeah, I guess back to the one that's in front of us. Um, I'll give you a little top off on this because this is this is kind of a tough one to pin down, especially I think since I uh, I, I use the word bitter right away in the descriptor because like well, that's you just said, my lack of bit. That's my lack of beer knowledge showing is all it is. No, I I don't think it necessarily is because you're right. Like in noting that this is by no means a, a bitter beer. Yeah. Um. To to like a conventional palate, this is not what you would assume. But I also. I would like to look at the numbers because I don't know how many people are buying imports nowadays. I would have to believe that the local numbers have got had to have gone up. Yeah, and I think that's definitely cutting into a big percentage of that. Um, the imports that is. Um, sorry, I don't know if that made any sense. Yeah, basically the local no, local yeah. craft market is is uh, making a dent. In, in the imports. in the market of the import because yeah, for beers. a long time I want to say like import styles of beer like this was I mean that had to have been considered craft at the time right um or would it just been considered just like an import yeah from somebody, I guess somewhere somewhere else it would have been like the equivalent of that like it would have been like what the the quote unquote sophisticated person at the bar would be drinking or the person that like you know, looked like they had money was, or looked yeah. like they had a, had taste. Um, like my dad, you know, both my parents are in their 60s. Mm. And my dad tells me stories about when he used to bartend. And it was kind of like, as far as American beers, you had, you know, a lot of the big domestic standbys that we still see. The the Buds, the Millers, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's some other ones like Schlitz and stuff like that. But like... Oh, Schlitz. Drinking a Newcastle, drinking a, a Heineken, mm-hmm. like, that was, like, a high-end beer, you yeah. know? You were, like, dress shirt and pants, the whole bit, the watch, sitting at the bar, having a Heineken type deal. Yeah, like, when Stella's started making their way to dive bars, like, that was, you know, it was, like, in some people's minds, hoity-toity to be, like, drinking yeah. that or, like, but... I wonder what a pint of it would have cost back then. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Honestly... Probably half the price of what a pint of your cheapest stuff costs at a dive bar now. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. you'd think. But like three bucks for like a an import like that back in the day would seem about right. Yeah, I feel like that's even high. I mean, shit. About when my dad was bartending, a bottle of Heineken was a dollar. You know. Really. I would guess at most. Yeah, I was listening. I was over. I was listening to this conversation between uh, a couple people at Kowalski's today. I'm a frequent Kowalski's eater. And uh, he was saying something like they would get day-old beer from whatever brewery way, way back in the day for like $3 a case, which is absurdity. Where are you finding that? Yeah, that's nuts. It always pays to have an in. Yeah, it does. Speaking of paying to have an in, I'm going to run in to that bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. We'll uh, we'll take a quick little break, and we will be right back with our thoughts on Foster's Premium Mail. What is up, everybody? We are back on Suds Buds, drinking a... Foster's Premium Ale, the green can, the big can, the original crowler. The big boy. Why don't that should be like their catchphrase, right? The original crowler. Maybe crawlers aren't a thing in Australia that though. Maybe would it wouldn't be sick. play. 
Also, do you know what they could do? I bet they could make a killing on Oregon's campus. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? With that big green O right there? Well, but... A big yellow O, green can, though. It's the, I mean, it's their colors. I feel like their more popular can is their blue can. Really? Um, you've probably seen it before, but... Uh, I mean, it looked familiar right out of the gate, but I think like that packaging and color scheme is similar to a lot of stuff out there. I've, maybe I've seen it in just smaller packaging before because i'm sure that's got to come in like 12 ounces too right i don't think it does if it does i've never seen it i've noticed a lot of places and it's kind of funny but a lot of places will stuff these near like their 40s yeah and it's it's strictly a volume thing because like this isn't a malt liquor no and it's it's a pretty good beer like as far as volume and price point and just quality of product goes like it's it's not an expensive beer and it's not a bad beer either no. and What's i the abv on this bad boy um that's a good question it can't be higher than like five six yeah it's i'll try to find it on here um i'm not seeing would, it posted yeah. on the can i do apologize too because i really wanted to do you know all all import beers and here i am I mean, it's I, I see where you were going, and it is appreciated. I mean, it's it's deceiving because if you buy it just looking at the outer label, it's founded in Australia, and then you turn it, you know, like ninety degrees, and it's no one's gonna outside. raise the pitchforks and run you out of town. I think <laughs> it'll be fine. I know, just being self-critical. Uh, but here we go, five point five percent ABV. Did I almost nail it, or did I almost nail it? What was your guess? Was it five, five th- six? Five six. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty spot on, man. I'm digging it. It's uh, it's pretty easy. It's it meshes well with everything that we're having right now. Yeah, I feel like other than what was l- the first beer we had? Sorry, not to step on your toes. No, no, that's right exactly where I was going. Um, the 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 uh the, the Duchess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird beer to start out with, but definitely one where it's like you're hitting the ground running and you're running real fast. Oh, yeah. Running real fast, but I'm liking the pace that we've set so far with the prior three beers. Well, this beer would be the third. We've kept it pretty light, pretty crispy, and pretty, um, what would be the right word? Just like mellow, I guess. Like kept it, kept it real nice. And there's something to be said for that. That's pretty great. I'm coming... I've tried to like been I've been wanting to look for like intricacies in beers as of recently, but I'm feeling this just like very good comfort right now in having like no frills beers, but having them be different enough every time. Yeah, that makes no, sense. definitely, definitely. I mean, I I enjoy picking out the beers each week on the show. I mean, we've kind of taken on somewhat different responsibilities mm-hmm. some shared responsibilities like a lot of times we've gone and bought beers together but also there's been times where i've been like you know it's been a maniac with it i've gone and picked up the beers for the next week after recording one episode you know what i mean yeah and it's like i just i enjoy doing that and then also getting to arrange the order that we have them in it's like it's kind of fun like i kind of get why you know i think it's just like you know why a musician arranges uh, a certain you know number of songs in a sequence mm-hmm. to create a, an album or why a, a chef yeah. serves a certain dish in a certain order you know 
to create a course. Like I think I get a kick out of doing that with beers on this show. Oh yeah. Do you think you could have done something with like hospitality? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there was. I've gone through phases in my life where I've wanted to do a lot of different things, but I think like going back to being really, really, really young. When I was a kid, I my parents loved to cook, you know, just home cooks, and I would spend a lot of time in the kitchen. And I would cook for my parents as a little kid. Right on. And I would pretend to have like my own play restaurant, but with real food. And I would talk about how I want to have a restaurant someday. And then, you know, went through a phase where I wanted to be a teacher. And it's like, but yeah, um, yeah, those, I don't want to say, it hasn't wavered too much. Like having, owning my own restaurant isn't a top priority, but I still love cooking. It's definitely a part of my life. Yeah. Cooking, but I think you're just more of a, a people person as well. Like you want to be around crowds of people, maybe not like crowds of people, but like more people than just yourself you know yeah you're not like a super introvert by any means like you like human interaction i do i do and i like i like to appreciate other people's creations um not shy to point out negative interactions since i've known you there's been a couple people that we have commonly known that we i think well, I, I know that we share some common opinions on where it's like we we will tell each other, like, oh, yeah, that that's a negative experience with a human right there. But more often than not, we're looking for the positive ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And thank you for saying that. I Yeah, I think we try to be pretty positive Yeah. on this show. You know? What a shitty outlook that would be going through life, being negative and finding the negativity in things. Yeah, I don't even want to go down that loophole. Hopefully, we can uh, bring people some positivity with this show. Oh yeah, a few for sure. giggles here and there, some some informative tidbits. Well, I think that, I think that's part of. This is slightly segueing into my next point, but I think that's what's great about our personalities and this show. It's because we are similar, but also different in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, you and I both love people, and we are interested in getting to know people and through whatever medium that may be and talking to them and evolving as humans you know taking in experiences and learning yeah and that segues perfectly into what i think would be kind of cool to talk about a little bit on this show is where would you like to see especially on the season finale is where would you like to see this show get evolved into for season numero dos mm-hmm it's a great question. Knowing what we have right now, keep it exactly how it is, but just add another layer or add two more layers on top of it. What's the next evolution? I think you know where my mind's going with it on a couple of things, but yeah, um, I've got a number of thoughts on that, and I will try to make it as short and concise as possible. Well, just the first but, thing that uh, comes up to your come up to your mind, the most important things. I would really like to get um, an out-of-state guest this next season. That would be cool. Out-of-country guest would be even cooler. Big goal. Um, definitely think we can make it happen. It's just, um, you know, it's a matter of finding that right person with the right story and the right energy to... Are you talking out-of-state or out-of-country? Either one. Yeah, either yeah. one. I think, think. out-of-state would be a little bit easier because we have... I mean, in the Midwest here, we're kind of centralized in the Midwest, right? So we have a lot of pickings between North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Wisconsin. Yeah. Where we could, even Michigan, like, 
there's a lot of good breweries in this region that we could hit up and a lot of microbreweries that I'm sure will be willing to hop on and hopefully we could find their beer. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, I think, yeah, maybe reaching out of state but still within the U.S. is maybe a little more attainable or realistic right away. But I think, you know, as long as we continue to record via Zoom, um, you know, I don't think recording uh, – with somebody internationally is that unrealistic i think no. the biggest the most difficult thing is going to be the the time zone difference and then you know um we can make concessions somehow you possibly know. language barriers but other than that like i mean i'm willing to uh to try to figure out ways around those things and make it happen Dude, so how fun would that be if you and i had to wake up at like five in the morning to record an episode you know i'd be into it that i mean i would 100 percent be into it yeah oh yeah have some good beers like real early in the morning and just like get a good morning in and talk to somebody overseas and do something cool like there's tons of vietnamese breweries that i follow actually on instagram that they have a lot of English speakers over there that I'm sure we could have. I mean, it would be a little tough to try their beer unless they wanted to ship it to us like months in advance. But but we could taste like common beers, maybe. Oh, that's that true. We can find you know we could retry Saigon again or Tiger. Yeah, that'd be cool. The wheels are turning. Um, I've so I've got a number of things, but that was like my big one is reaching out of state. Um, yeah, just. You know, trying to get more people that feel comfortable and encouraged to share their stories. Because I think one thing I've heard from a lot of people when I've asked them to be on this show is they just, they're like, oh, but I'm not that interesting. I'm not that exciting. When it's like, but you are. I know you and I've talked yeah. to you and you, you're, you know, I mean, we've, we've talked to people on this show that, you know, are are chefs that are mm -hmm. you know former aerospace engineers that are you know have come from some pretty crazy walks of life for nasa it, yeah exactly <laughs> um you know listening to um uh mahad tell us about his his mom you know brewing with uh yeah. you know the ethiopian recipes that yeah. she remembered when they were living in san diego it's like that kind of stuff makes me it gives me um, motivation to keep moving forward. And I guess um, last thing I want to say is like, I had a conversation with um, uh, Salsa Dave produced the show yesterday and super lighthearted dude and had just kind of like a serious little, just back and forth with him where I told him like, you know, for something as, as, as broad of a medium as podcasting is like, I think you're, you, you're kind of your own measurement for success, yeah. you know? it's you decide and dictate how successful whatever you just made was and for me it was if i can do an episode with you and talk to a someone from a brewery and showcase one of their beers and learn somebody something and learn something but then if someone listens to that show and they go out and they buy that particular beverage just because they heard us talk about it and plug it when that's reason enough to do that episode and reason enough to call that episode a success if one person listens to it and and goes out and supports that that brewery it's 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 a success in my mind and i know for a fact that people have so i don't want to get too comfortable and just kind of rest here or plateau oh, no. but uh i don't know i guess it's probably a good time just to 
you know, throw a big thank you out there to everyone who's supported us because it's not like we have a huge reach right now, but oh, yeah. uh, it is a very, uh, uh, you know, it's we got some vocal supporters and I appreciate that for sure. I mean, did you did you just want to run through thank yous right now, or should we save that till the end? I mean, yeah, why not? Now's a good time. Let's uh, let's run through through our uh, special thanks, um, review this beer, and then maybe go through our uh, our favorite beers from this season. Right on. So yeah, special thanks um, for season one of Suds Buds. Uh, first and foremost, co-host of the show, Dustin Stelton. You've been awesome throughout this season. You provided so many giggles, uh, absurd one-liners. It's always fun when uh, our coworkers are quoting things. It, it's fun for me when our yeah. coworkers are quoting things you said to me on an episode. Um, I hope you know you you take it in a lighthearted way, but I. Uh... I wasn't expecting to flip the page and see my name as the the first person we were thinking. So, yeah, that's why I'm gonna read these. I really, I I want you to know, I really do appreciate that you you said that, and I really do appreciate everybody that listens to this episode. And I do, as if anybody doesn't know, which most people won't know, I get a lot of shit at the brewery just because of the type of person I am, and I bring it a lot on me, but. What I'm trying to do at the end of the day all the time is just put a smile on somebody's face, bring a laugh to somebody, and if I can make you laugh, whether that be through genuine laughter, I said something funny, or whether it be self-deprecating for something stupid that I did, I made your day incrementally happier in that moment, and that's what gets me through just about every day. So thank you for acknowledging that, sir, and it has been an absolute pleasure to be on this podcast every single tuesday with you and to many more tuesdays and to many more beers absolutely man oh it's an empty glass we got to refill you there thank you sir uh but no it was it was fitting and yeah keep being you man it's (laughs) it's uh it's why i look forward to tuesdays well i kind of told you at the beginning too i was like well i really don't know how to be anybody else but me so there might be some slip-ups here and there but just know it's in you know what you're getting from me, and it's going to be in good-hearted nature. So. Absolutely. Um, other big thanks go to uh, producer of the show, our sound engineer, our rock, the dude that uh, after we get done. Makes it happen, man. Every Tuesday night, he then goes into his room and works on chopping this all up so it sounds brain. nice and lovely for you. Mr. Salsa Dave, um, we appreciate you uh also going through the rest of these real quick we've got dave dave who lives downstairs dave dave thank you dave dave love you dave uh mason logan kleiner the homies from up north i know you guys listen when you're driving around and just chilling and whatnot and appreciate you crack a bush light for me i love you guys can't wait to have a foamer with you uh sam girlfriend of the show sam wise love you sam love you too sam (laughs) hey uh (laughs) we got uh shana megan friends one of them's a co-worker you guys are the best love uh you, i love you megan nat justin nat thank you for giving me tuesdays off so i can do this shit with dustin appreciate it bless up natalie uh, thank you for giving me a job and changing my life for the absolute better thank you to every single one of the members of the jacobs clan you've been nothing but the best thank you uh the bald man crew brewers bartenders bald man himself I know you guys listen. I uh, hope we can give you a giggle here and here and there. Tristan, and, uh, Landis, Ben, Jordan, you guys are phenomenal. I always look forward to my after shift beers with you guys because it's it's nothing but a good time every single time. 
And then uh, we got the fine folks over at Umbibulous, uh, Luna included, sweet dog. The um, best. Uh, my friends over at the St. Paul Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy, because you guys are a bunch of assassins and constantly humble me and make me want to do better. And yes. I don't know, that place brings me a weird sense of mental clarity and I need to get back there more, but weird yes. times. Uh, On that same note, thank you. Next Level Combat, 10th Planet, Woodbury. Same vein as Eric. I get humbled every time I go in there. That is a, a family away from family and unlike any other. Thank you, guys. And, uh, yeah, last few here, we got Toasted Wine, Spirits and Ales, another place in St. Paul that uh, has been super kind to me. Kind of my secondary spot if I need to get some beverages. Um, Merwin's Liquor, I'll throw you on there, too. Um, all of our wonderful guests, that's a huge one we can't forget about. Um, I don't want to start going through names cause I'm going to forget someone, but don't want anybody to be offended. Every single person that's been on this show, we friggin' love you. It's been an absolute blast getting to pick your brains for, you know, 60 to 120 minutes every Tuesday. And we've learned a heck of a lot from every single episode. And I hope that each and every single one of you left the conversations with us feeling pleasant and like it was worth your time to sit on the podcast with us and enjoy some beers. Yeah. I didn't really have an ending thought on that one. No, that's very well said, man. Um, and then, yeah, very last but not least, uh, our families, whatever you call family, whether it's uh flesh and blood or just, uh, a soul that you hold near and dear. Um, you know, we appreciate you. Um, but yeah, that's enough for that uh, that sappy stuff. If you listen to Suds Buds, we love you. Yeah. Um, what are you giving Foster's Premium Ale, the beer that I thought was brewed in Australia, but it is actually brewed in the U.S. of A. Curveball's getting three nine. Uh, you know what? Three nine. Yeah, yeah. Three nine. It's a three solid nine. beer. It, this is. How much did that crawler cost you? Like four bucks, five bucks? Yeah, it's it's about that. It's not an expensive beer by any means. That's fantastic for a a cheap crawler. Yeah. Like for the volume that you get in there, bang for your buck, five five, bada bang, bada boom. If you're a twenty one year old in college and on a little bit of a budget budget, excuse me, find yourself a Fosters. Yeah. Dip your toes in the craft realm, man. Grab the blue can Fosters if you're freshly 21 and you don't know much about craft beer and you're trying to deviate from your your Keystone. Grab the blue Fosters if you enjoy it. If if it's if it's working with you, step it up and grab the green can. And also shoot us a message on Instagram and maybe we can try to guide you a little bit and see what beers you have in your little local watering hole and maybe if we can try to find you a good little recommendation. We'd love to yeah. talk to you more. Let's start a conversation, just like Garth Brooks said. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not as weird. Yeah, pr- that- definitely not as weird, but that is what we do here. We crack open conversations with people, and, you know, we always like to chat with you. If yeah. it's about beer and you're a, you're a good human being... Let's do it. Let's, let's do talk. It. Uh, yeah, man. Um, if you have something interesting to say, I want to talk to you. Absolutely. Um, you put this, uh, did you say a three, three, nine, three, nine, a three, nine, I think I'm going to give it a three, nine as well. I feel like I gave my, the Singha a three, eight. Yeah. And I would put this just like a hair above that. 
Yeah. Um, I like it just a little more. It's it's just got a little more stuff, something going on. A little more to it, a little more of a backbone. Well, but uh, yeah, there's a little bit more something going on, but they're also different in very, I don't want to say very subtle ways because they are extremely different upon first taste. But it's a lager versus an ale. Yeah, like, yeah, true. There's also like cultural things going on with the tastes. Like that, the Singha is very much an Asian style of beer. Most definitely. Yeah, I think. I wonder if that's a rice lager. Bet it is. I know the um. I wouldn't. The Saigon is. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of their stuff is rice based. And I think a lot of domestic lagers are going to uh, to rice based too. Like I think Supra is correct. Well, Supra is, but I mean, like, even on, like, the bigger side, I think Budweiser's been rice for a while. Really? If I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This this fosters, my last little closing note on this, this would be a perfect beer for watching the, the fights with the guys. Oh, like, yeah. If, if you came over, you know let's say it was you me and dave watching you know the next ufc pay-per-view yeah. or watching uh watching gaichi khabib like i would go out and i would snag like four of these growlers or yeah these crawlers of uh of of fosters mm-hmm. probably get two of each two of the greens two of the blues Pour and them up. yeah it would send me back like 15 bucks and everyone would be happy or you get six Colt 45s and tape them to your hands and see where this friggin' night's going, baby. You know what I'm saying? You ever done old Edward 40 hands? Oh, uh, yep, yep. Oh, poor yep. decisions were made. And then you wake up and you got people, you know, coming to life like vampires and weird nooks and crannies of your house. It's like, oh, what's yeah. up, Dustin? You slept in the bathroom. And then you don't know it, but someone looks at you and they're like, dude, you have Sharpie all over your body. And you're like, shit. Oh. Man, like PTSD. Yeah. PTSD. Not great nights. But uh let's push things along. Let's dive into our, our final beer of the eve and uh to finish the fosters. Discuss our, our favorite beers of the season. What's what is this packaging? Oh yeah, you already showed me this one, yeah. I did. So this next beer is you me one of those empty bottles. Oh yeah. Muchas gracias. Cha. Um, this next beer is Le Fin du Monde, which is, translates to the end of the world. Well, judging by the recent state of the world or state of America, that might not be too far off. And, uh, yeah, this one comes to us from Unibrew. Is that, is that really a bottle opener that you have? It is. No um, way. This is Sam's bottle opener, little luchador with like a, a, a flying headlock takedown. His headlock is the bottle opener. Yep. Dude, that's hilarious. It's that, super tight. That's such a Salsa Dave thing to have. Yeah. Luchadors are so, so cool, man. Dude, I just Mexican love wrestling. wrestling. It's pretty badass, like the high-flying nature of it. I feel like... No, that would have been a false statement to make. I was going to say, I feel like it's a little bit more of a spectacle for them, but it's, I mean, you kind of really can't say that when you have WWE, like the king of spectacles. It's definitely more, more of an acrobatic. Yeah. More of an acrobatic spectacle, you know, performance spectacle. Yeah. There's not as much, you know, you know, grabbing microphones. I'm going to come on out here and I'm going to kick your ass. It's more of, they just do a lot of characters. They're more athletes than anything. Well, they're characters. They're just characters in the ring, you Thank know. You, sir. 
Yeah, they um, let their they let their body of work do the storytelling. As you can probably see here, as I just botched that pour, oh, this okay. is a uh, a very high carb beer. Um, but yeah, Unibrew out of Canada, Le Fin du Monde, Belgian style triple ale, coming in at nine percent ABV. Um, we're drinking it out of the twelve ounce bottle. Yes, sir. But I traditionally have bought this in the seven fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, just couldn't pass up on a four pack though when I saw it. Tinks. But yeah, so basically this is a, a Canadian wow. take on a Belgian style of beer brewed with a uh, traditional Belgian strain of yeast. Yeah, there's that there's that Belgian yeast. I'm getting bubblegum heavy right away. Dude, before I lose my train of thought, because I know we were just talking about wrestling and stuff. Yeah. There's a, there's a big podcast that you follow. It's like... Uh, like beer and wrestling centered, right? Oh, uh, off the hop rope, dude! How cool would it be to do an off the hop rope collab? I would love to talk to those guys and watch like a pay per view, an old pay per view. It has it's something that would have to have Stone Cold on it. Stone Cold has to be on the card. My favorite wrestler. I know they love Stone Cold too. I mean, you you check the Sudge Buds uh, Instagram. Have you seen some of their posts? Like those yeah. guys are drinking out of like Stone Cold steins and like they got action figures and they like they're badass dude i would feel like they would bring that perfect yin to our yang oh yeah and we would just make something beautiful oh, dude that would be so fun to do a watch along over a conversation like cue up an old you know old episode of monday night raw from like 1999 yeah, and, and watch it with those guys or even watch like a like a 2003 SummerSlam. Yeah. Something crazy, like a big pay-per-view, or like a WrestleMania. Like you know? early Brock Lesnar stuff. Yeah, that would be so much fun. Oh, man, that'd be great. On the topic of Stone Cold Steve Austin, not the first time his name has been dropped on this show, but I think one goal for mine, of mine for next season is to uh, get a case of the, the Broken Skull IPA. Oh, hell, hell yeah! yeah. Guy, I always forget he has an I- He doesn't strike me as an IPA guy because I've seen him drink basically bud light my entire life yeah he um was that bud light he was drinking what was he drinking it was some I think, sort of uh, music. i think it was miller's but i could be wrong okay. i could be wrong but yeah um god i wonder what they paid for that i don't know if anything if they just went to the local mgm and got a case of whatever i do think though it depended on wwe sponsorship because i remember hearing did they have liquor sponsorships? Yeah, I think that was the reason why they drove like the Coors Light truck down to the ring and like. Oh, the, that the, would make sense. Yeah, I think it was they had like a Coors deal at the time. I could be wrong. When but... Stone Cold did the beer bath. Yeah. How cool of a bit was that, dude? When he soaked everyone, when he soaked all of corporate. Oh, the and, best. Yeah, the best. And McMahon's just like swimming yeah. in it. Yeah, you know he messed up his gums when he uh, hit the nozzle on. Like that was a very. I like, heard that, that impromptu thing. Like he wasn't scheduled to do that but he was just like oh yeah i'm in the moment <laughs> hit himself with it and like messed up his gums oh man i, I mean i can't even imagine that's got to be like putting like a fire hose in your mouth Ex- that's exactly what that is i would assume that has uh well i don't know the psi on those fire hoses have to be ridiculous but that thing looked like it had some strength when it was shooting out of there like it, it hit people with some force dustin i, I don't want to cut you off here but i do feel like Anybody who like isn't a big fan of of fire trucks or wrestling probably isn't digging this right now. But eh, that's what I'm know. into, dude. Stone yeah. Cold. I know we got to geek out about our shit every once in a while. Um, 
Yeah, we're geeking out about our shit over a good Belgian beer, dude. This is phenomenal. It's real tasty. I so, wasn't expecting. Is this a mass-produced Belgian? Um, yeah. So, like I said, it's a it's a Canadian brewery. Um, it's pretty easy to find. Um, the twelve ounce bottles come with uh, the 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 cap and then like a foil wrap, mm-hmm. and the um the big twenty two ounces or seven fifties they come with like the cork and the cage on top. Dude, Canadians just have it right. Like, I've never met a bad Canadian person. Obviously, they have Justin Bieber and Drake, so they're already winning, right? They got the Raptors, which is pretty cool, too. The Raptors are pretty sick, but, like, I feel like they just, they enjoy all the good things in moderation, you know? Like, this beer, I feel like, is a good analogy for, it's just, it's really good, but it's not, like, over the top in any way. Yeah, yeah, like this is what you want after you uh, spend an afternoon on the snow machine and want to go back inside of the cottage and, uh, you know, tie one off. <laughs> hey, let's go tie one off down the local watering <laughs> hole. Oh, man, I, I can't even talk shit because I've said for a long time that I'm basically, you know, <laughs> we as Minnesotans are just Southern Canadians. And I, I feel like they hate that, but, you know, no, much no. love to Canada. I've been there a couple of times and... They got it made. I feel like dude. Canadians like, love Canadians, and if they would just love more Canadians, yeah, because they're all, they're the nicest people in the world. Yeah, from my experience, yeah. they're super sweet. I run into people on I run into Canadians on Xbox quite frequently, and it, they're just like, yeah, they're nice. They're really nice. Also, I don't know how I forgot about one of the best Canadians of all time, GSP, Georgia mm. Saint Pierre, fan of the show. My. F- <laughs> Yeah, probably my favorite mixed martial artist of all time. Uh, yeah, all around good Canadian. Yeah, there's we can go on and on about cool Canadians, dude. Dude, how sick was that? Doug Flutie come out with the Hayabusa. Really? He really? Yeah, Doug Flutie is Canadian. No way. I think I so. He, he, I mean, he played hella football in Canada. I would be really bummed if he wasn't born in Canada because I've thought, always thought of him as like a who CFL did he legend. Play for? Well, in in the NFL, a lot of teams. Um, he wasn't that big, right? Like 5'11". No, he's a little guy. A little scrambly. Which is so weird how 5'11 is small for the NFL. I don't right? think he was 5'11". You sure? Maybe probably like 5'9", yeah. Wow. Yeah. Little for the quarterback position. That had to be tough to see all of those big, brolic Viking human beings on the O-line. Yeah. Yeah, and he was... um. Granted, the O-line's probably a lot different now than it was in the 80s. Yeah, he's an interesting one. I used to know quite a bit about him. I'd have to read back up on him. But I know he, like, before he became an American name, he already had, like, close to a decade of of Canadian ball under his belt. Really? I think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I feel like he's just one of those common household NFL names or, like, just, like, football names that you hear. But you ne- I never really, because I'm, like, past, we're past that generation of football, but... It's, quite extensively it's a nostalgia bomb like i feel like he's like a name you'd expect action bronson to drop in like his new single yeah. like yeah uh, ramen yeah. ramen f- doug f- ramen flutie with booty yeah exactly exactly god i love action bronson did we just make a rap song maybe dude how cool would that be if action Bron? how cool would that be if we got action bronson on the show and drank stone cold's beer i don't know what he knows about craft beer but i'm willing to learn <sighs> Shout out to Action Bronson. But anyways, let's get this thing back on track. It's been fun, man. I've had a lot of fun tonight. We've kind of 
gotten a little bit loose with yeah. the conversation and just it's been a good time for reflection. I feel like we should have had a dimmer on the lights, maybe lit a little fall scented candle, maybe mm. had a little bit of a cider as a palate cleanser on the side, you yeah. know. Good vibes rolling. Not maybe trying had to our, take you out on a date here. Maybe had our feet in like warm bowls of water. Ooh. See, cheese platter. Cheese grapes, platter, yeah. Harp. Oh, dude. If, if we got a harp player in the Suds Bud studio, Son. game over. Game game over. I'm can we just make I don't that, need a day job. Can we just make that end goal? Like we know we can retire when we have our harpist. Is that what it would be called? A harpist? Sure. <laughs> yeah that works sick whatever they want to be called if if you got a harp and you're gonna play it in studio like it's it, like a, it's got to be like an original score like it accentuates yeah, yeah, certain yeah. moments you yeah. know maybe we can convince tristan to become our harpist better idea different tonal shift but what if we had like someone just slap basing for each one of your jokes like it was just like we got a little seinfeld like <laughs> every time dustin said banger or like hey bro guy dude man there. dude do you remember do you, do you ever watch emerald magassi as a kid oh yeah bam yeah bam bam <laughs> Remember, uh, remember how he had that like minor jazz band on his show and they always go <laughs> we could do something like we could have a jazz band in the corner oh dude <laughs> i mean if fallon's show ever goes down i see we try to get a hold of the roots oh wait what the roots play for him yeah like that's that's fallon's house band really yeah dude I had no... Weren't they, like, pretty established before him? Yeah, dude. Like, Roots have been putting out music since, like, probably late 80s, early 90s. But, yeah, like, How did it's... How he score the Roots? It's Questlove on, on on the sticks. How did he score that? I don't, I don't know, man. That's pretty... I don't know why. I thought... I was thinking of the Fugees. That was stupid. <laughs> no. A completely different band. But, yeah, dude, if we got the Roots in here, it would be... Dude, I feel like Questlove would be such a cool guy to talk to. Oh, yeah. For a while there, he was teaching a class. I think he was teaching a class at uh, NYU, actually. That seems like a place Questlove would teach. Yeah, yeah. Did you know who Thundercat is? 100% do I know who Thundercat is. Another wild guy that would be cool to talk to. Yeah, also on that same topic, like phenomenal bass players, dude. Yeah, dude. And his voice. Holy cat. Oh, oh man, wish that yes. wasn't there. But yeah, that's that's uh that's my Thundercat. Like yeah, he's he's the best. Some of his music videos too are absolutely bananas. All right, well, I feel like this is a good time. Let's talk about what we were really digging this season. Looks like you need a top off there, mate. I could use a top off. Ooh, wow, I'm getting a little bit of a a warm booze on the the end of that one. So we're gonna roll through these kind of quickly, but uh, I'll start with my three top beers um ooh, and actually i've been saving this moment all season i don't even know if it's savings it saving it is the right word i've been putting it off all season i have to like re-review one beer i don't want to do it upon further review upon further review i tried to a lot of the big beers that were heavy hitters for me i tried to go back to and just you know make sure i felt that same way yeah well this kind of goes back to what you were saying before too because in the moment within the situation having a good time the situation can bring up the beer yes i will let you continue 
I agree. And thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Um, but my re-review is for Julian. I'm sorry. Tin Whiskers. You, <laughs> still love you, Julian. Uh, Tin Whiskers. Dope Bot Double Dry Hopped IPA. I initially gave that beer a five-star review, and that was on a loaded episode where we tried some great beers. Mm-hmm. We also tried Miller High Life, but we tried some great beers. Yeah. Um, I gave it a five-star. was pretty sold on it. Happened to have bought a four-pack of that beer when I did it for the show. And dove back in later that week, and then the following week, and after like having another two or three of them i was just like it wasn't a five five star beer for me and this kind of goes back to not being married to your opinions or thoughts like things change people change palettes change this is one of those experiences my mind is always open to being changed um and yeah for this beer upon revisitation it was not a five-star beer, not for me personally. And I think just the barometer was the other beers I had this season. I think right after that, I tried like Bell's Two-Hearted and like didn't oh. give it a five-star review. And I was like, uh, but it's, yeah, I need to go back to the drawing board. So all that being said, take it as you will. Julian, we love you, man. You were one of my personal favorite episodes this season. And I loved all of our episodes, but yours specifically, it's, it was always fun. It's always fun to pick it up with an old friend. Um, and Tin Whiskers, also appreciate what you guys do. Another St. Paul brewery. But uh, I'm moving my review of the Dope Bot Double Dry Hop IPA down to a 4.5. Okay. And that's where it's going to live. And, again, no hate on that beer. I actually really like it. Yeah. No. I mean, you, you, were, you were pretty pretty firm on you liking it like it was very evident that you were enjoying your experience with the beer but i get how i mean i ran into that today when i i realized i was putting something close if not lower than a beer that i might have even thought that it deserved a little bit of a higher score and it, it gets things things tend to get a little bit messy when we're doing a like a fun lighthearted rating system like we're doing, but I know like the critic in you and the critic in me, we want to be like as accurate as possible and it can get a little tough sometime. And uh, again, I, I, I appreciate you revisiting and re going back and realizing like, yeah, maybe it's not what I thought it was, but again, testament to how beer brings up uh, or the experience can bring up beer. And that's really what this whole thing is centered around, is the experience. I think I've said this a lot this episode, but well said, Dustin. Yeah. Thank you, you, Mimigo. You nailed it, man. Um, I guess you made me feel a little less bad about that, because I was was really dreading that moment, but... Ah, I never feel bad about how you feel. Yeah. I didn't... I I don't want to seem like I'm knocking any breweries, but it just wasn't five stars for me. But, moving along... I did have one true five-star review this season, and I'm standing by it. My five-star beer for season one of Suds Buds is Hansen's Artisanal Ode Goose Lambic. God, that beer rips. That beer was so freaking good. Yeah. And again, like just 
how the setting can make the beer like having been like break down you know what goes into a lambic and how like unchanged these breweries are after decades upon decades of brewing yeah the it, history behind them yeah it just it sold me on that beer even more i i will be buying it again it was phenomenal um i mentioned it at the front of the show just how the um the duchess de borgone was mm-hmm. uh reminiscent of that to me just mm-hmm. for being like just a very tart complex yeah yeah 100 percent. because i want to say was that the last beer that we tried with ben i think so i no. remember a lot going on with that one it might have been it might have been but yeah n- no shame in calling that my five-star beer of the season um i'm surprised i only had one but you know hopefully there's many more seasons to come and many more five-star beers but it's tough uh, to be a five-star it is yeah and I mean, five stars should not be given out willy nilly because then it kind of it takes away from being the five star. Yeah, you got to be great, or you just got to really wow me with something crazy, you know? Yeah. But yeah, Hansen's artisanal old goose, lambic. If you see it, snag it. It's tasty. Um, for my second place, it's actually a, a tie between two beers. Um, Bell's Too Hard at IPA. And Jack Pines Coffee Duck Pond Nut Brown Ale. That was so good. They're the both... nut brown ale was so good. It was really good. And that coffee on it was really nice, too. I mean, it yeah. was like... It was nice and light-bodied, but still had all the flavor. Exactly. Exactly. Not super sweet. It was... Yeah, that beer is phenomenal. Actually, if I... if I'm probably going to be making another stop at Ambibulous this weeks i'm gonna have to do some research of course during the off season you but, uh, have to be like eight percent of their market share oh man don't say that <laughs> don't say that i well, i'm just saying they should get you on a vip program it would be pretty cool i i don't go in there a lot but i'm always good for like two visits a month and when i'm going in there i'm i'm grabbing a box i will let you know i've probably spent like three hundred dollars at a bomb i'm at Ambibulous, so don't feel like out of time. No, in total, I probably spent around three hundred dollars, so don't feel. Oh bad. man, you saying that probably makes me look real bad. No, you think you spent more? Really? Oh yeah, really. Oh yeah. Support and local. <laughs> yeah. Support and local. Gotta love it. Um, but uh, there it is. You okay? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. You just bump yourself really hard. Okay. No, I, I bumped the pop filter. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um, yeah, so Bell's Too Hearted, always an old staple. One of the first craft IPAs that really blew me away. I got called a nerd for not liking that beer today. Ah. Was it by someone from the brewery? Yeah, it was by the boys. Ah. And I was like, I I told them what we talked about, like, I don't know, 15 minutes ago. I was like, no, nah, it had to be longer than 15 minutes. But I was like, Dude, I just don't like grapefruit. Yeah, it's not your thing. We had a really nice, uh, we touched on that in a really nice conversation with Bartley last week, and even he was, like, super understanding about it. He's like, I get it, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that guy's so cool. I really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. I feel like that's the type of guy, if I just found myself at some random dive bar at 1230 and I'm sitting alone at the bar having a Mick Olden, he would come up to you, strike a conversation, and you would sit there till bar closed and love every second of it. Yeah. 
I mean, any guy who's like, I'm an aerospace engineer and I was working for NASA and spending time in Southeast yeah. Asia, but just decided that meh, I'd rather, you know, this is fun, but not what I want to do forever. I'd rather, yeah. you know, mock up a business plan and start making liquor. It's like, all right, you got me interested very interested. You know what was kind of interesting to me about that episode? As somebody who is so insanely intelligent as him, and it seems like he can just face the world and fix problems with whatever. Yeah. He understands things that are way higher level than I ever will. Hearing him admit that he didn't have the confidence in himself in the beginning to see the... Uh, business plan and business ideas to fruition in the very infancy stages of it. And it, it took him like, I think it was like five or six years later down the road until he really made bent like a thing. It really made me think, I was like, Oh shit. Like dude, we're like, we're humans still. Like even somebody as incredible as Bartley and as knowledgeable as Bartley, like we can still have like natural human feelings. Yeah, weird because sometimes you think like you're the only person that thinks the way that you do right no totally i agree with you it was pretty cool it was a pretty cool moment yeah it's yeah it's like that moment where it's like wow even someone who's like incredibly intelligent and has resources like even they have moments of self-doubt and you know it's you know we're really defined on what we choose to do in those Mm -hmm. moments like my again shout out to my my old man my pops but like one of his most like important pieces of advice and it's nothing like super deep or like you know hard to grasp but it's like it's your most important move is always your next and it's like if you just you know there's something kind of humbling about that where it's like you know it makes things seem a little more approachable yeah 100 percent. it also makes you think like makes you look at the moguls like elon musk and them and it's like oh they're still humans too like they still have bad days yeah they still have moments of self-doubt and like oh can i send somebody into space today you know it was it was was a weird realization and they're yeah they're the people that are going to shape our future and if with glad it's them and not me oh man me too but also we got to be rational and think about what we can do and if we can uh you know use a little bit of time on our end to sit down and record this show and turn it out and make some people smile then shit job well done job well done mate um back to my final favorite beer of the season my number three jack pine fence line pale ale god that beer was phenomenal and i got two jack pine beers in my top but that was just that super that was with patrick sunberg Uh we were talking to him and that beer was super light and like still had a nice hop profile without mm-hmm. almost any bitterness yeah no i remember that beer i remember really really enjoying that you high scored it as well yeah i would have to give it a, another go around because I'm, I'm forgetting the because uh, you can never have just one and feel like you locked it in right it's like you can never listen to an album just one time and say you've like listened to it you need to oh, take it in not. and give it a few listens and but yeah i remember loving that beer Hundred percent. Yeah, that was that was an excellent choice. Yeah. Well, shout out. <laughs> shout, out. shout out. We just had a did we just have a mem- a moment of reminiscing? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. that was nice. also a really fun episode. Patrick was a really cool dude, and also like, 
another one that was just like super knowledgeable, kind of in a in the same way as or similar way to Bartley, where it's like I was talking to someone that I had so much appreciation for that just mm-hmm. spoke in a totally different way than me, where it's like they're very, you know, analytical, mathematics driven, numbers yeah. driven, like. That's what I like. A lot of when I was talking to Bartley, a lot of that was calling upon the conversation that we had with Patrick. Because I was like, "Oh, these humans would get along very well." You'd I think, bet. yeah. Like, because their their brains just work in that analytical style of way. Like, they would they would fix some shit together if there was a problem. Like, I would pick those two guys. And if not get along, they would be able to talk about some very niche things in a way that we would not be able to comprehend oh yeah and to them it would be like you know their own little language but i digress dustin let's talk about uh your top three favorite beers from season one my top three um does this just go in one two three top to bottom yeah yep yep yep, yep. so i got your five star right at the top there I'm such a, I'm such an asshole for doing that, but it deserves it because that beer is a very, very sentimental one, sentimental one for me, and for that, I have to give the beer that was part of me. It really changed my craft beer experience. In a lot of ways, uh, again, calling upon experiences, heightening the beer. This is one of those situations where it does do that, but let alone this beer will stand alone on its own merits because it is just that damn good. But Bald Man Brewing's Psychedelic Haze IPA, uh, I gave that beer a 5-0. That beer... No shame in that. Yeah, it has... Very, very special place in my heart. I hated IPAs before that. I didn't even know hazy IPAs were a thing until I tried that beer. And then, I yeah, I, I was hooked. And I think, as most people are, when they try a hazy, they just get on this hazy train, and it's, that's all they will drink and until you inevitably get burnt out, which 90% of people, maybe that's just a craft beer worker thing. Maybe they just get hazed out. Hmm. I mean, I think it happens with any style that kind of becomes like the in style. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, Bald Man Psychedelic Haze. Love that beer. Ben, you brewed an absolutely wonderful one. Uh, Is it safe to call the Bald Man Psychedelic Haze a banger? No. No. No, no. It's a banger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's one of those. It's one of those. It's a banger. Oh, man. There's so many people that are going to love you for that. Go, 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 go. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thank you, everybody at Bald Man, for making that beer and making my taste buds mm, happy. Next up, Numero Dos. This is, yeah, this is just another one of those beers where you see it and it's like, yep, nailed it. That's his. Uh, Dual Citizen, current events. They're conical sour. That beer was so good. Like, I was really surprised I did not have it up there in, like, my top five because I remember looking back at that one and being like, yeah, that was damn good. Yeah, that was gnarly good. Like, really, really, really good. Upon further review, adding Conical to the name 
That's was, why I remembered is the yeah. conversation about what the conical meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the fermenters because it's the the style of cone the shaped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, that beer's good. Love that beer. Miss that beer. We'll have that beer again. Did you spell current events wrong? Um, no. So that was how it was spelled because it was made with currants, as in the fruit. Really? Yeah. See, my palate sucks. I had no idea currants were a thing. I mean, I don't really see where you would probably have had a lot of currants. Like, it, uh, you know. I've never even had, like, a raw date, I think. I've had, like, date cookies. But not, like, a raw date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Aren't they just, like, little, like, purple... Like, there's, like, big raisins, right? Yeah, more or less. Dates, figs, prunes. I've never had a fig. I've had a fig Newton. I don't think it's the same thing. No, I don't think so either. I get them all confused. They're Dude, fig Newtons are great. Underrated. Speaking of underrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about Talladega Nights. Don't comment on that. We're going to go down a real deep hole. <laughs> Shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake. Uh... So these two beers were actually tied, and it makes sense that they were tied. And when I say these two beers, I mean the dual citizen current events, conical sour. You can still it's still pronounced current. Okay, we'll say yeah. current. And yeah. it's actually one of the same beers that Eric had. Wait, no, hold on. Am I? Oh, your third place. Yes, your okay. third place was a beer that made oh, my okay. list. Okay, I was like, why is that such a long title? Okay, yeah, these yeah these two beers are tied. It makes sense. God, I really am sour skewed, 100%. Yeah, man, that's why I think it's worth, like, that's why I totally thought this was, like, worthwhile of, uh, you know, noting. Because I think our favorites and least favorites just is, it really describes what we like to drink. 100%. It's weird looking at it on paper and, like, seeing the statistics. It really is, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit, that's me on paper. Uh, but just like Eric, it was the Hansen's Ode Goose Lambic. Phenomenal. We talked about that beer. And, I mean, we beat the dead horse, right? Beer's great. Fantastic. So and, complex. So, yeah, just delicious. Yeah. And from last week when we had the Bent Snackery, Daiquiri-style sour ale. Oh, man, that beer grew on me. Yeah, yeah, that one. Brought one of those into work the other day. Mm, yeah. You were, you were there for that, right? Had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still loved it. I think I honestly enjoyed it more when you brought it in. I I agree because like the first when I first got that four pack, okay, I brought it home and I was like, I can't save this for the episode. So yeah. I had one myself and I was kind of like, mm. Mm, exactly. And then had the second one on air. And I was like, oh damn, that's yeah. that's really good. And I think we might have even had a second one after. Yeah. And then was like, I want to bring one in. It's one of those beers I wanted other people to experience too. Yeah. To confirm, it's confirmation bias. Like it. it you're liking this, right? Like, this is really good. Yeah, right? like, Andy was into it. It's and so different. Nate liked it, too. It, it was... It's got, like, a weird, like, juiciness. And when I say juiciness, I mean, like, what you would get out of, like, a Welch's, Welch's container, you know? Not, like, the overly sweet, sugary, like, I'm going to get diabetes from this, but, like... Diabetes. <laughs> Wilford Brimley. But, like, it, it had one of those like styles of sweet taste to it and not in like a, the artificial way either but it was it was good i liked it snackery was really good yeah man that's uh 
that brings it to a close for your uh, your top three, I think. Dude, bringing it to close for our top three and kind of bringing it to a close on the season. And we really are. I think all we got left to do is uh, review what we got in front of us. What a friggin' season, man. It's been a blast, man. I'm going to give us each just a tiny, tiny, tiny little top off because that's all I got left in this bottle. But Palette refresher. Lefin Dumont, um, Belgian style triple. This is a delicious beer. I think, as far as beer advocate goes, it is the highest ranked beer that we drank on the show this evening. Ooh. I think it sits at a 97% down there. Wow. Um, Do you know where it is in the top 100? I don't. I don't. But uh, I just know that this beer to me is kind of like. Uh, it's it's like a dinner beer like uh it's not a sessionable beer it's not a sessionable beer but it goes with a lot of things and like my girlfriend and i would like to do uh like some wine with dinner but she's a white wine person and i'm a red wine person so mm-hmm. it makes it kind of tricky so i snagged a bottle of this last week and we actually had uh split a big bottle of Fenduman with thai food all oh, right on and it was so good. Like, and we were both just like left happy and full. You know what I mean? It was like perfect yeah. for both of us. And she hadn't had a lot of Belgian beers and I'm kind of on a Belgian kick. So it was like a win-win. Right on. But, uh, last little thing I wanted to read here to you is just, uh, notes from, uh, beer advocate. But, uh, Le Fin du Monde was developed through 18 months of research on a unique strain of yeast originating from Europe. It is brewed in honor of the intrepid European explorers who believed they had reached the end of the world when they discovered North America, or the New World. This triple-style golden ale recreates the style of beer originally developed in the Middle Ages by Trappist monks for special occasions, and as such, it was the first of its kind to be brewed in North America. Interesting. So kind of cool. It's available year-round. It's a... brewed in quebec and it is the number one ranked triple on beer advocate really yep so not a bad show closer um i don't really have anything bad to say about this beer oh it was excellent dustin give me a reason not to give out a five-star review on tonight's season finale wow I kind of can't. That that beer was excellent. Lefendumon, five stars from me. Um, yeah, it's. I still got two two twelve ounce bottles left in my fridge, and there will be more making its way into this house. I think I kind of became a Belgian guy in the last half of the season, and maybe Mister Belgian's not gonna like that. But Mister Belgian, less Belgian for him. I'm coming for your title. <laughs> <laughs> uh dustin le fin du oh. the end of the world belgian triple nine percent abv from unibrew in quebec canada what are you thinking uh, i'm sorry canada that i gotta do this to your le fin du and let me repeat that i am sorry I don't want to have to give this the rating that it's about to get, but 
from what I just tasted. Oh, that's going to be so cheesy if I go that route. Fuck it. Beer's a 4.8. It was a good damn beer. I was going to prolong it. No. I was going to prolong it. That's perfect, man. All I heard is that we, like, picked the perfect beer to close out this season with. Dude, picked perfect beers all night. Jesus. I don't think we've ever had a stacked lineup. If anyone's seen Rocket Power, we just did the little wiggly wiggly thing, and it was pretty cool. Dude, I don't think we've ever had this stacked of a lineup. Uh, Step your game up, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it was fun. I spent a lot of time kneeling down in the aisles of Total Wine yesterday, just oh, staring at... on your knees. You're like 6'10". <laughs> I... I seriously was like browsing this. Sh- like there were a lot of workers that came by and asked me an uncomfortable amount of times. Like, sir, is there anything we can help you find? I'm stealing. It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just being weird over here doing a podcast. Um, but yeah, man, I always have a blast. I'm, you know, going out and hunting down beers. And uh, I think pickers. Yeah. Remember that show? Yeah. American pickers. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. Yeah more ideas for season two maybe we get it like a gopro or something but anyways um yeah man i i'm really excited with how we closed out this season um you know took things out of our own backyard a little bit uh got a little worldly went on a little travel around the globe had some beers from really all over the place yeah also just stepped out of our comfort zone yeah did something that you and i had never done before and they made a thing out of it made made a thing it's tangible you know yeah. pretty cool i i don't even know where to go from here man that's uh i think this brings this season to a close you know we got our special thanks out of the way but again just extending a big thank you to anyone who's listened to this show and supported us along the way um and again i gotta drop it here um if you have any ideas for us, anything you'd like us to to feature, if you want to correct us on something we said, um, feel free to shoot us an email. SudsBudsPods, excuse me, SudsBudsPod, that's Suds with a Z, Buds with a Z, at gmail.com. Um, we're on Instagram. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you want us to do new next time around. We're probably going to take about a... A month off here and kind of recalibrate, yeah. but uh, we'll yeah. be back and we'll be back stronger than ever. Dude, so strong. Like, pushing 225 strong. Dustin's quads are going to be so big next season. Dude, you know how big they already are? Frig yeah, dude. I'm running out of space in here. Let's blow this pop squeak. Is Heck yeah, man. Is that, is that what they say in the movies? Uh, I think it's the popsicle stand. Is it it's popsicle stand? Where did pop- Let's try it again. Oh yeah, let's blow this popsicle stand, Dustin. Let's get out of here, brother. Peace. See you, everybody. I get no kick from champagne. Their alcohol doesn't thrill me at all. So tell me why shouldn't it be true? I get a kick out of brew. There's only one beer left. Rappers screaming all in our ears like we're deaf. Tempt me.
do a number on a label Beat up all the MCs and drink them under the table Like it's on me Put it on my tab, kid, however you get there Foot it, cab it, iron horse it You leave it on your face, forfeit Across the mic, hold it like the heat, he might toss it Told her, tell him they stole it He told her he lost it She told him, get off it and a bunch of other more shit Getting money, DTs be getting no new leads It's like you eating watermelon Stay spitting new seeds This the weed, give me some of what he drooping off Soon as he wake up, choking like it was hooping cough they grouping soft First hour at the open bar and they trooping north He went to go laugh and get some head by the side road She asked him autograph her derriere red to wide load This yard bird tastes like fried toad turned love villain Take pride in cold words Crooked eye mode nerd geek with a cold heart Probably still be speaking in rhymes as an old fart Study how to eat to die by the pizza guy No he's not too fly to ski Squeeze a eye and squeeze a thigh. Maybe give her curves a feel the same way she feel it when you flow with nerves of steel. They call a super when they need their back on plumbing fix. How is only one left? The pack coming six. Whatever happened to two and three? A herb tried to slide with four and five and got caught. Like, what you doing, chick? Don't make them have to get cutting like truancy. Matter of fact, not for nothing right now. You and me, looser than a pair of Adidas. I hope you bought your spare tweeters. MCs sound like cheerleaders. Rapping and dancing like redhead kingpin. Doom came to do the thing again, no matter who be blinging. He do it for the smelly hubbies. Seems know what time it is, like it's time for Teletubbies. Few can do it, even fewer can sell it. Take it from the dude who wear a mask like a tarted helmet. He plots shows like robberies. In and out, one, two, three, nobody's please. Run the cash and you won't get a wet sweatshirt. The mic is the shoddy, nobody moves, nobody get hurt. Bring the heat like the boy don't go on the wall. He came in the door, and everybody on the floor. A whole string of jobs like we on tour. Hey, night, on the score, coming to your corner store. Good grip on my... Uh, boy, I'll bend your readout meter for you, you 